How many of you want to be lawyers when you grow up? Right. How about movie stars? Oh. How about lobbyists? What's that? It's kind of like being a movie star. It's what I do. I talk for a living. What do you talk about? I speak on behalf of cigarettes. My mom used to smoke. She says cigarettes kill. Really? Now, is your mommy a doctor? No. A scientific researcher of some kind? No. Well, she doesn't exactly sound like a credible expert now, does she? <laughs> Don't feel bad. It's okay to listen to your mom. I mean, it's good to listen to your parents, Joey. All I'm suggesting is that there will always be people trying to tell you what to do and what to think. There probably already are people doing that. Am I right? Yes. I'm here to say that when someone tries to act like some sort of an expert, you can respond. Who says? So cigarettes are good for you? No. No, that's not. That's not what I'm getting at. My point is that you have to think for yourself. You have to challenge authority. If your parents told you that chocolate was dangerous, would you just take their word for it? No. Exactly. So perhaps instead of acting like sheep when it comes to cigarettes, you should find out for yourself. Him and his huge powdered toast man chin that he's got. Fantastic. Why, hello there. It's two minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of, uh, the hell is it, November. In the year of our Lord, 2007, thank you for coming by making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios, AM 970, Solid State Radio. My friends, uh, it is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Want to join us today? 503-P-MY-70. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or tim at 970.am. Uh, your comments, your uh, questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your what have you. Uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the just plain strange and off-putting. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. A little thank you for smoking there at the, uh, the top. Courtesy of Ryan in Phoenix. No, Denver? Phoenix. Phoenix, I think. Doesn't matter. He won't hear this till hours later. By then, it's too late for him to email me angrily. Uh, so, there you go. Five th- I was going to start with something else. Let me see if I have this something else here. I was going to start with something else, but I just I decided to put it off till later because it was just... It needed too much setup. And plus, it's two and a half minutes long. I have this thing. I don't even think I can wait until the first break to play this next thing. I think there's... I have something else here that I think we're going to roll out here in just a few. So we'll get to that. Just, so don't don't tune out for even a moment or you'll miss it. And here's the thing. We just started with a little thank you for smoking. Uh, Aaron Eckhart there. This other thing I have to play is it's just as great, if not more so, because it's real. It's not from a film. So we'll play that here in just a second. I don't mean to be all teasy here at the top, but we'll, we'll get right to that. Um, all right. It is Thursday, so thank you for coming by. Here's what's coming up today. CNN correspondent Jim Roof. Uh, will join us today. He is in <coughs> Las Vegas, is he not? I think I swallowed something. Hold on a second. Yes. 
I think I swallowed something a little slantways this morning. My Pop-Tarts went down the wrong way or something. Uh, in any event, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will join us from Los Angeles. Uh, where you got to wonder what goes through O.J. Simpson's head when he walks back into a courtroom at this point. I'm, I'm pretty sure the last time O.J. hit, did he even have to show up to the civil trial? I think he just sort of watched it on television like everybody else. I don't even think O.J. was in court for the civil trial. I think he sent his lawyers. I mean, he might have had to show up to, like, fill out a form or something. I don't think he had to be there. You know, now that I think about it, the whole the O.J. civil trial is sort of like... I, I don't even... The, the O.J. civil trial is just sort of this weird blur in my memory. Like, I have all kinds of memories about the O.J. criminal trial. And how weird that we're going to be able to say that again. We're actually going to be able to say O.J. criminal trial 2. I remember all of this stuff about the first O.J. trial. I was actually talking to our good friend uh, Smokey from KUPL uh, last night. Who I uh, he was Oh, at, uh, lucky. How's Smokey doing? He's fantastic. He's great. So he and I shared many a chortle uh, last night. So we were talking about... Um, I forget how it started, but we were talking about being on the air and, and uh, the, the old Associated Press wire copy machine that used to spit out updates on pieces of paper that you would... There's this phrase in radio called rip and read. And what they... The, rip and read is sort of a colloquialism that means you're not really preparing anything or actually working anything out yourself and you're not pre-reading the news. You're just grabbing the news and rushing in and sitting behind the microphone and just reading it for the first time live on the air. You're not really cognizant of what you're going to be talking about. Rip and read, though, comes from the, the, the etymology of that phrase is actually that there used to be this thing called the AP wire machine. The AP wire machine is the wire machine from the Associated Press, and it was sort of the Internet of its day. It was The AP wire machine was sort of like a, um, it was like one of those stock market ticker tape things where you see the old movies where the guy is standing there and he's like reading the tape as the machine spits it out. And he's, I don't know, uh, General Electric's down three points. Let's jump out of a window. The AP wire was a thing like that, but for news. And it was sort of like a dot matrix computer printer that had a big cable coming out of the back that was hooked to the Associated Press, whatever, building in New York City. And they would just spit news stories down this cable, and your machine would print them out. And if it was really important, there would be a bell. And this bell would go, you know, ding, 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 ding. And that's how you knew that there was an important story. And you would go back there, and the dot matrix printer would have spit out all of this, you know, like an electronic typewriter would have just spit out all this wire copy. And sometimes if it was breaking news, like it was with the OJ trial or with, uh, God, what else was breaking news at the, in the age of wire copy? I remember when Sam Kinison died, we were still using wire copy. And there was a ding, 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 which you never heard. And that always, the ding, ding, ding was equal, was equal parts... It's great and terrifying because it meant that, like, a tornado was about to hit your city or something. Or you were being invaded by somebody. And so there was a ding, 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 ding. I ran down the hallway, and I looked down, and I just grabbed the paper, tore it off, ran into the studio, cracked the mic, as they say. And then I said, eh, you know, comedian Sam Kinison has been killed in a, you know, in, a, in a car collision outside of Needles, California, or whatever the hell it was. Anyway. So I was talking to Smokey last night about wire copy and the big events of our life that we were on the air for. Like we were both on the air for 9-11 and whatever. And then we were talking about the O.J. Simpson case and, and how America just came to a standstill during that whole thing. And I'm not going to do a whole show on O.J., obviously, but I'm just... It is kind of weird to think that we all lived through that and then that civil trial is just a... I don't even I don't even remember anything. I don't even really remember what the judgment was, except that they gave the Goldmans a bunch of money. I don't remember if O.J. had to show up. I don't remember how long it took. I don't remember if it was on television or not. I guess it didn't really matter. Well, the point is that um, O.J. Simpson is back in a Las Vegas courtroom today. So uh, so Jim Roop was there, of course, reporting to see if a judge, will, a judge is going to decide if there's enough evidence, to, and you know there is, enough evidence to hold Simpson and two others for trial. 
on charges that could put him in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, it's a great time to be us, or anyone. Uh, let's see, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent um, Bob Costantini coming up later on, just because. And uh, CNN Radio correspondent Rachel McGrath will join us from Los Angeles. I guess now it's no longer going to be Desperate Housewives. I guess the first show to be hit by the writer's strike is The Office. So uh, I guess the final new episode of The Office airs next week. So enjoy it while it's there. Because I think Steve Carell is not only an actor, I think he's actually a writer on that show, too. Uh, and I didn't know this, but apparently several of the people who act on the American version of The Office are also writers. And so they're not going to be showing up to work. All right. Speaking of The Office, uh, we got a big announcement to make about The Office, uh, the British version of The Office, and us coming up later on. We'll do that here in just a skosh. All right. Jim Rue, Bob Costantini, Rachel McGrath. Uh, today, in honor of the upcoming interview with Max Brooks, author of World War Z, which you really ought to read, uh, we will count out the top five zombie songs. Uh, that'll be uh, later on today. Get to that. Top five zombie songs. And I have to do it today, A, to unnerve Sarah, and B, because Scott Daly... Did I tell you about Scott's top five list? No. Okay. So, well, I'm not I'm not spilling any secrets. So, Scott Daly, who I think is going to end up buying this couch that's in my living room... Is just, he really? Well, have you gone to my website yet? No. Okay, well, wait. I don't want to get a hold of myself. Well, you can go there now, I suppose. I, I'll tell the story here in a few. So, Scott's got to furnish his swinging bachelor pad because of he's going to be... Uh, you know, he's going to be a, a divorcee. Yeah, um, you can't just keep pumping girls in bathrooms. Well, there's no reason you can't do both, Sarah. It is America. Oh, look at Max. Yeah, there's a little picture of Max. Anyway, but so Scott's got to furnish his, uh, his bachelor pad. So tomorrow, though, here's what Scott, Scott Daly. huge. I know. Scott's got to cleanse his soul, as he put it. So we're going to have a top five tomorrow. And I don't want to make any promises about this. I'm not going to vouch for it. But tomorrow's top five. I'm getting ahead of myself, but tomorrow's top five, Scott Daly's going to play us, now that he is getting a divorce, um, he's going to play us the top five songs currently being played over and over on his iPod. So that'll be fun. That'll be a great way to end the week. So tomorrow, the top five songs being played on the newly divorced Scott Daly's iPod. He's not divorced yet. Well, no. No, no. If he was divorced, they'd be happier. So that's going to be... So that'll be tomorrow. Um, so today, we got to get this done today. Today, uh, top five zombie songs. Yeah, so he might be buying that sofa, which we'll talk about more in a second. Um, Jim Root, Bob Costantini, top five zombie songs. Rachel McGrath, uh, Butt Hash Part 2 today. Uh, we'll have a Butt Hash follow-up. And it's fantastic. The follow-up that we've got about yesterday's... I, that, that gen chem, that fake drug scare that all the parents are terrified of in Florida and probably here. We'll talk about that in a second because we've got the most the most wondrous follow-up to that. It's just, it's so good. So good it actually hurts me a little to think about it. Um, another uh, installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. High Concept Thursday. There's so much to do. And... I got this big thing happening. So uh, you remember when we gave, when we gave away uh, Kissology Volume Two some time ago? And you remember that? Mm -hmm. So a while back we gave away Kissology Volume Two, and we had these fantastic liners that uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley of Kiss cut for us, such as this one right here. Let me just. Uh... Hey, this is Gene Simmons, and this is Paul Stanley, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. And there's no doubt you're a card-carrying member of the Mighty Kiss Army. Come on! So, guess what's coming up? Because they are KISS. KISSology Volume 3. 
And so uh, we're going to be giving away Kissology Volume 3 to be followed by 4, 5, and 12, and 20. So Kissology Volume 3 we're going to be giving away. And so we have a, so we, we get to have more of these done. We get to have uh, more of Gene and Paul uh, saying kind of whatever it is we, uh, we want them to say. Hey, this is Gene Simmons. And this is Paul Stanley from KISS. You are broadcasting from deep within the KISS Nation. You're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Come on! So, today, we got to come up with more of those. And so I figured, what better gift to the people? Uh, because we are here deep within the KISS Nation, to have the people help us come up with those. So today we got to come up with things for Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley to say. And I'm not kidding. And how great is that? Mm. So today we'll, we'll throw open the doors a little later on, and everybody can weigh in on what Gene and Paul ought to say for the next, for the next round of liners, which is going to be great. So, all right. Well, that's it. That's, I mean, I can tease more, but I mean, we have nine hours worth of stuff I just said right there. Uh, let's see. Working on the following stories for your edification is Tim Riley. One of the last two of the Titanic survivors is dead. A Massachusetts priest is charged with stalking Conan O'Brien. And finally, Congress overrides one of the president's vetoes, but nothing big. And O.J. did arrive in a Las Vegas court, but Fred Goldman isn't involved this time. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, well, he'll be there eventually. You know he will. Fred Goldman is sort of the Fred Phelps of the O.J. world, you know? Mm -hmm. Everywhere everywhere O.J. goes, you know, O.J.'s trying to go to the store to buy a hot dog, and Fred is across the street, my son! You know, so it's just... That's kind of what that is. It's as raison d'etre, as they say. All right. Excellent. We're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello. How are you? Hello. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. Right. I woke up this morning and rode my bike again. Do you feel refreshed? Fully awake? No. Well, it was kind of cold riding in. How was your ride in? Why do you do that? Because I think that one of these days you're actually remember that there are people you. giving their money, you know, or to a charity or not giving it. <laughs> As the case may be. Yeah, every day that you do not ride. Bam. Uh, yeah. You look kind of pudgy. No, I don't know. That looks kind of like a. What are you doing? The, the clothing I'm wearing, you're saying? Yeah, like a Compton shirt. A Compton shirt? Yeah, if you button the top button oh, if and I was to like, a bandana like around I'd look head. like a vato? If, yeah. I was to, if I was to button the top and then leave the rest of it open? Yeah. And then to have, it, like, the uh, beanie pulled down over my eyes? It really is. Well, I uh, there was um, a longtime employee of, uh, of CBS. I don't even know if I should say it. It sounds so awkward now because my, my joke about this outfit... Used to be. This is this looks a little bit different than the stuff I normally wear. Um, it's this sort of short sleeve. I don't even know what kind of uh, what material this is. It's kind of I like it though. And it's got this black. I used to call this my Stan Mac disguise kit because uh, Stan Mac was a longtime general manager of some of our other stations. He used to dress a lot like this. So. So I'll pass along to Stan the next time I see him that you think he you think he dresses. Wait, like did Stan he... give that to you? No. Yes, yeah, Stan Mac and I exchange clothing all the time, yeah. and then we cut up paper dolls together. Anyway, so, well, all right then. How are you today? Are you I'm fantastic? good. Yeah, I watched a bunch of episodes of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, uh, I'm so on how, like, you know, you know there's only 22 episodes. Period. I thought there were less Done. than that. Well, uh, there well, there's one season. I think it's 22. Okay. Uh, and yeah, then, I'm on episode, like, 13. We're just getting ready, uh, she's just getting ready to go to the Who concert. And just as you're, as you're getting, you know, as you draw closer to the end, I'm not, I won't, of course, spoil anything, but I do want to say this, because that is the one and only season of Freaks and Geeks. It does not. You're not going to be frustrated at the end. That's what, somebody was telling me like that I would be frustrated then because it doesn't no. have an ending. I'm no. like, well, what, high school didn't have an ending. No. Like those things didn't like wrap up it, in one neat little package. It and doesn't it wrap there up. and then it's done. It doesn't. The series doesn't wrap up because th those guys knew it was coming. Judd Apatow, he saw the the axe coming down. 
Uh, they knew that Freaks and Geeks was not probably not going to come back. They, there was a, a chance, but they knew it probably wouldn't come back. So he doesn't wrap it up with a big bow, but... That season, the only season, ends in a way that functions both as a season finale and a series finale. And it ends in a way that is both open-ended and sort of satisfying. And so, you, you know, it, it, I don't know, you'll know when you see it, but it, it's great. It doesn't, he doesn't do some fake wrapping everything up and tidying everything up at the end. Mm-hmm. But you feel that you watch the end and you go, all right then, okay. You know, so it, it's good. It's, it's, you know... And he doesn't end it with a voiceover. Also, he doesn't end it with the whole, and he took over the store when Dad died two years later. He doesn't, you know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, but I'm I saying love the Wonder Years wrap-up. But that's been done. I'm saying that's the best That's the best that could ever be done. That, that Wonder Years final episode is the best ending voiceover for a program. Nobody can ever do that again because that he just he killed that category. Mm-hmm. I know. I think I'm starting to be a freak because I keep um, like pretending I have to come home early and like canceling plans with friends. Oh, just so I'm I can really go home tired. And... I uh, gotta get home. Yeah, when I was with my girlfriends last night for a couple of drinks, I'm like, oh, I really gotta get to bed. And, like, <laughs> I went home and I watched three episodes. No, that's it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. This television is your friend. Television gets a bad rap. Um, well, Kristen was talking to me about whether or not she should buy cable. I'm like, why would Kristen you want? Kristen Bowie? Yeah, because she's moving into a new place because she also went through some unpleasantness. Oh. And um, ah. so she's finding a new a new place to live as well. Maybe she can live with Scott Daly. Then we can film it all. <laughs> well, she, she was asking me, she's like, do you think it's worth it for, you know, paying $55 a month for cable? And I don't think so. I don't even miss it anymore. Especially if you can get every show that you want on DVD That's the thing, and watch it I mean, commercial free. Between the internet and the DVDs or whatever, it is, I mean, there is a hot and roll, hot and cold running entertainment out there. Um, oh, by the way, and then we have to, I'll have to get to this thing. I'm going to get to this, this butt hash follow-up. And then we'll talk about my couch. Because I know everybody wants to hear about my furniture. Um, I will say this. The, the guy who um, is the showrunner, the guy who was the creator and executive producer of Heroes. Did you see that interview he did yesterday where he apologized for season two yes. sucking so badly? It's like, I'm sorry. I know season two blows. That, By the way, and I don't want to start pick a fight about this right now, I'm saying that does not really fill me with ambition to watch that series, to placate all of the jabbering well, people out there. You've got to watch season... Everyone says season one's good. Yeah, but what's the point? If Maybe you like, I'll just skip season if two. If season two is season so three. bad that the actual the creator of the program is apologizing, why should I watch season one? I don't think it's so bad. I just don't think it was up to the same level as the first season. Well, all right. That was pretty hilarious. Mm. I read that he's like, and I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. The story was really boring. Well, you know, I'm still waiting on apologies like that from several people. Aaron Sorkin, I'm looking in your direction. With the second half of. When are you going to start watching Lost? Uh, I don't know. I gotta. I still have to finish Battlestar. So um, I'm gonna try to finish Battlestar this weekend, and okay. then and then I gotta sit down and figure out what's next. I'm gonna start rewatching the first season again with uh, my friend's gonna have her baby tomorrow, and so I'm letting Hooray. her borrow. It's exciting. It's my friend Lisa. Celebrate your last day with her. I know. Celebrate your last day before she spends her, her spends every waking moment covered in, in vomit. I was. It's already begun. I was over at her house yesterday, <laughs> and everything out of her mouth was the baby, the baby, the baby, the oh, baby, the baby. No, no, it never, I don't know what I'm going to do when the no, baby. No, and then, and then it's going to be. Look at this. Look at this incomprehensible finger painting. And my child been, smeared on some paper. She spent ten minutes telling me about the diaper service and showing me all the cloth diapers oh, and yeah. the and everything. Because it's exciting to her. Yeah. Oh, so God, love her. Go. I know. Don't and get I'm me really... wrong. I love Lisa. She's great. I'm freaked out. I know it's going to be different. Well, you and I, I look, we've talked about this before. You, myself, and Tim, and actually Richie uh, Bristol. You know, we all we are all a child-free people here in this program, and I'm not saying that makes us better than other people. Simply makes us simply makes us different. We are without children, and but we all know that. Your friends, when they start to reproduce, suddenly you and you got to sit there and you got to grind your teeth while they show you some some crap that their kid did in third grade that you have to. No, he's a genius. No, really. No, I'd put him in Juilliard right now. You know, I'd take him out of school and I'd... 
No, you're right. He is able to hold a basketball without falling over. In fact, I would yank him out of school right now and just, uh, you know, stick him in a training camp somewhere. You know, you have to act as though you're really fantastically impressed by everything they do. Well, at least Lisa knows that I'm not really a child person. Yeah. But I am still kind of freaked out because I was sitting at her house yesterday. I'm like, oh, man, this is, it's going to be different. Like, it was really quiet and there weren't, like, baby toys around. And then you go over to Dennis Pitzenbarger's house and the walls are lined with black and white stills of him with no shirt holding a child. Lots of fun. All right. Hey, uh, speaking of children, uh, did you end up watching the West Memphis 3 thing last night? No, I didn't. On Anderson Cooper 360. I did. It was great. And, boy, that David Mattingly guy that we had on yesterday. Good-looking fellow. He's a good-looking man. You know what he is? Uh, He is what you described as being the sexy father, the sort of sexy dad. You could totally see him being, like, your friend's kind of sort of, you know, authoritative, you know, but, but intelligent sort of sexy dad. He does, have the, he does have the sexy de- suburban dad thing going on. Um, oh, he is cute. Yeah, he's no, he's a good-looking man. So he was, uh, yeah, he was in uh, West Memphis, Arkansas. So anyway, so thanks to CNN, they did a great piece on the West Memphis Three. I'm not going to go on about it. You can find out more at wm3.org if you want to. But so thanks to CNN and everybody there for hooking us up with David Mattingly yesterday. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, okay. So to the couch. So I got all these the people offering up their thoughts and observations about the uh, about the sofa. So here's the thing. If you go to rickemerson.com right now, you can see a photo of both the couch and of the stairwell that the couch has to go down. And the poodle. And of my poodle, uh, Max, who is... Now, granted, Max is not like a really big dog. I mean, we just, you know... How much does he weigh, like 30? No, he's like 20 pounds. He's about the same size as Muppet, a little bigger than Muppet. Muppet's like 13. Yeah, he's he's a little bit bigger. He's Yeah, he fluctuates between 18 and 20 pounds. So it's not like he's a huge dog to begin with, but I did want something to give it like a sense of scale and proportion. So if you go to RickEmerson.com, you can see him sitting on this sofa. And the only reason the camera is zoomed in that close is because I want to reveal how the horrific the rest of my living room is. It hasn't been cleaned in like a month. So... I mean, that's a large sofa. You can really see. And by the way, there are no legs on the sofa. The sofa sits directly in the ground, if you know what I mean. There aren't, like, wooden legs or anything at the bottom of it. It sits directly on the ground. So there's nothing. My point is there's nothing to remove. Nobody knows how big your dog is, but you put your dog on a couch that you can't really see for scale. Well... Because otherwise, you people might think it was a love scene or something. Oh, that's true. I guess I, I should have said it was this morning. I was I was asleep. Let me get, let me put my dog, but nobody knows exactly how big it is on the couch, <laughs> and that way you'll be able to tell. Um, okay, now I, I, do see, wanna, I do want I see the Max folly of my uh, of my ways. <laughs> Anyway, but I don't want anybody to think it was like a love seat or something. And the point is, there's 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 nothing I can take off of the couch. The couch cannot be, to my knowledge, disassembled in any way. There's nothing I can remove. I mean, I can take the cushions off, but that doesn't do any good. The cushions aren't making the couch any smaller. Um, and then below that, you can see that is the view down my stairs into the basement. And you can, it, it, first of all, that door is very narrow. B, even if I were to get the couch down those stairs, which I don't think I can because it looks too narrow, when you see you get to the bottom and there's this little turnaround place that is really like the dimensions of a, like a phone booth, basically. So even if I were to get the sofa through that door and down the stairs, there is nowhere to turn the sofa to then get it out onto the floor of the basement. So that's a sofa that is now marooned in my living room. I don't know how the guy got it in the front door of the house, to be honest, because I wasn't there. So the long and the short of this is, unless someone in the audience has a brilliant solution, and I'm certainly not demanding that you put a lot of brain power into thinking about it, uh, Scott Dowdy's going to end up buying that sofa from me. So, honey, if you're listening. Has he really contacted you about it? Oh, he did. No, he sent me an email. Yesterday. Scott Daly needs a sofa. And I had to email back and I said, are you kidding? I know you're getting divorced, but is this a joke? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm buying a bachelor pad and I have no furniture. He didn't call it a bachelor pad. But he said, I'm buying a new place and I have no furniture. So there you go. And, you know, when you get divorced, I mean, I've never been divorced, but when you get divorced, I think it's like college time all over again. 
where you're just buying. I think guys who get divorced. Or you go to Target. Hopefully I, it's in like September. I think guys who get divorced go one of two ways, though. I think there is either the you go to Value Village in Target and you furnish your entire house for two hundred dollars, or you do what uh, we know a guy. We used to work with a guy. Uh, who I will not identify. We used to work with a guy who got divorced, and he went exactly the opposite way. When he got divorced, man, he furnished his house uh, like he was like he was Larry Ellison. I mean, his house was, I'll say this as a man, his house was gorgeous. His house was flawless, perfect, top of the line, everything. You know, what's this? Well, it's an all-clad kitchen setup. You know, it's everything he bought was the most expensive, the best, the most tasteful, the most beautiful. Because he was like, hey, th- you know, I'm divorced, I'm single, this is the house I'm going to be in, it's going to be fantastic. And he spent, he went into like 30 grand of debt to decorate his house. Guys go one of two ways. Seems like Scott G- Scott Daly's going the uh, the former. He's going the student route. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. Um, let me get these calls, and then we will uh, we'll do this thing about uh, butt hash. Uh, just because I can't wait. Uh, and, and then we'll, uh, yeah, and then we'll we take a break. Yeah, because we waiting for like the last five oh, minutes of the show. And i got to give a little background, too, because if people didn't hear yesterday's show, they won't know what I'm talking about. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Hey, two things. Yes, um, on, you guys just mentioned uh, Wonder Years a few minutes ago. Yeah. And you know that it's not available on DVD because they can't license all the music. Well, there's a guy on Craigslist that claims he's selling box sets of the DVD, so I'm assuming it's a bootleg, so if anybody's interested in a box set of... Of the Wonder Years, you can get it. There. I, I was wondering. I don't advocate why that. Why the Wonder Years wasn't out? Well, that's the same uh, thing. Well, same thing. WKRP and oh, again the Freaks and Geeks because the because the, they don't want to replace the period music with like fake production music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just beware though. I bought bootleg crap before. Uh, boy, it's, not, it's a grab bag. I'll say this. Not me, but a friend of mine uh, right. who we'll call Rick. My Got friend it. Rick bought uh, via the internet uh, the entire WKRP series run on DVD, and what it was is they were really good DVD burns of the VHS tapes of the. In other words, a guy had taped the entire series on VHS, transferred right. it to DVD. Not like flawless quality, absolutely watchable. Whole right. series. I mean, that's like 109 episodes for like 20 bucks. I have a friend named Sarah what? who has the entire series of Seinfeld like that. What, what, one other thing, Rick? Yes. Uh, you guys mentioned a few weeks ago that there was some political figures being found in gravity machines. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently there's a Tiger that, Winco that has a Vladimir Putin doll you can, quote, win. I, I was at uh, Elmer's by Malto 5 this morning, and there's a, there's a Paul Stanley Kiss doll in really? there. Really? Yeah. He is a political so, figure. He, he is the president of the Kiss Nation. Right. Oh. So, anyway, just let you know. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. You know what? I, I can see why people would wait because I bought uh, Life Goes On, and it isn't even the right the right theme song. It's crap. Yeah, yeah, they can't even license the song for it, so it's a bunch of like random people singing, no music in it whatsoever. Totally, totally. It's no, it's yeah. You buy that stuff early, it's never any good. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey. Hey. I want to find out. Did you did you get the car or the junker today? Uh, uh oh, I have the car. Oh, great. Good for you. And I want to let you know. I don't even know what he's talking about. I don't even. What you drove to work today? Oh yeah, no, I was saying because my my wife and I have uh, two different. You know, we have uh, we have uh, the, you know the Focus, and then we have like the like the truck from 1924 that were so cheap we won't get. And because I work in radio, I will drive that car until it falls apart. I will never get rid of it because uh, it's paid for and it works. So no, I have the car today. Great. So Thank the you, money stalker. I mon- the money I've saved from uh, <clears throat> not having to donate it to the. Needy kids. Oh, I see. This is a backhanded uh, way to. Okay. Yeah. I got. I, I was able to get me the uh, fourth season of West Wing, so I want to thank you. For All right. That. Well, I'm, Rick Emerson's glad he can help. All right. Thanks. All right. 
Final call, then we gotta do the butt hash thing, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah, hey Rick. Hey, how how long is the uh, couch you're talking about? Oh, I, I I don't know. I actually I meant to measure it this morning and I did not. I actually well, wasn't awake enough to measure. My suggestion would be uh, take take it down and stand it up on end because you can you can get a fairly long thing in a, in a narrow area like that. The you know? the problem with that, and you can't really see it in this photograph of my stairs. The problem with that is the uh, when you're going down the stairs, the ceiling you know above your head is very very low. It actually slants down with you, and so it's really probably there's only I would imagine maybe seven feet. Of, of clearance, and the couch is definitely longer than seven feet. Well, you carry it straight until you get it down there, and then stand it up. But what I'm saying is, even at the even at the bottom of the stairs, there is like this weird ceiling thing that comes down almost to right over your head. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. so I'm kind okay, of screwed on that. No, I appreciate the advice. I I did think of that I am kind of screwed on that front as well, though. But I <laughs> but thank you for the input. I I have a chainsaw. <laughs> okay, duly noted. Thank you. Bye. Creepy. I know somebody had to cut out a divot on the top of one of yeah. those things to, oh. uh, to get a couch. I think in or out. I can't remember which one. I got some email from yesterday from a guy who bought a bathtub. And it was like the bathtub of their dreams. And then, of course, they found out it wouldn't fit anywhere, so they had to take out all the doorways in the house, had to take out all the sheetrock in the house, had to completely remodel the bathroom just to get the bathtub in. Now we don't have time for the butt hash thing. Uh, we'll have to do it later. It really is going to be worth it, though. You just you mark my words on this. You won't regret listening to this. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, CNN radio correspondent James Roop, who is in uh, Sin City. Uh, later on, Bob Costantini, Tim Riley, the top five zombie songs, High Concept Thursday, and all that. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson radio program. Oh, we still have to find out if KGW is going to be doing their Gen Chem watch or whatever the hell it is. Oh, I thought it was coin. What was it? What did I say? KGW. Channel 6. Yes. Coin. Um, because we heard from some people that it was going to be Friday, but I heard from a bunch of other people it was going to be today, tonight. I'm betting, I'm giving you even money right now. They, ne they never air it. I'll gar I'm giving you 50-50 odds right now that they never air that. That we, and I'm not Has it been definitively proven to be a fraud? Well, well, we know it, but do they know it? Well, the issue of what we know and what they know are always... I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's because of us or that we're smarter than everybody else, but I, I will say, I will say uh, that it does seem to the casual observer as though this whole thing about the, the kids... I swear to you this is real, and I'm reading this as part of our news broadcast here at uh, AM 970, Solid State Radio and News Talk Radio Station... Uh, operating in the public interest, convenience, and necessity as mandated by the FCC. The, the idea of children snorting fecal matter to get high does seem a little far-fetched, even in this drug-crazed nation of ours. So everybody's immediate reaction when reading this memo and hearing this, this story and reading about it is like, well, like you don't be retarded. Of course that's fake. But that hasn't stopped a whole bunch of news stations from actually airing a whole, are your children sniffing poo to get high? <laughs> scare story. So uh, anyway, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm dollars to donuts, though. They, they, they don't air it tonight. We'll see. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Well, I might have a solution to your couch problem. Okay. Does this involve a chainsaw? Uh, no, actually, okay. it just might involve wrenches. Okay. I once took an 11 foot couch down into my basement. So, let me ask you about the construction of the couch itself. Uh -huh. On the front, where your calves would back up to the couch when you sit. Yeah. Are there 
delineations for each cushion that go all the way to the floor? Uh, well, let me look. Hold on a second. Well, I don't have a photograph of the couch from the front here. Um, well, I, I don't believe so. Look at it when you get home. Okay. If, the, if the part that hits the floor where your calves would hit, yes. if it's one solid piece, you're screwed. If okay. it's several pieces, all you have to do, that means it's modular. Just flip the couch over and unscrew the modules, and then you can take the, the each seating portion down, and then the frame, which is left, is very small. You can turn corners with it. Can I ask you this? What do you do for a living, sir? Uh, I'm a carpenter okay now see here's the thing and i mean this sincerely this is the there's guys like me who keep guys like you in business because i don't know what the hell i'm doing and my dad was a carpenter and my dad and he was you know he sort of would do moonlighting as you know an electrician or you know the, you know whatever mechanic whatever kind of people needed done uh, in terms of fixing stuff or building stuff and a guy you know guys used to come in and they would walk into my dad's shop or he would go over to the house and the guy would say like well i don't know i just got this leaky faucet that just won't stop or they'd say something like uh, i don't know i just need one of them dowels to be built, I guess, for this staircase railing, but I don't know how to do it. And the guy would leave the room, and as soon as the guy would leave the room, my dad would say, son, it's guys like that that will put you through school. So, that's, so you know what? And the irony, of course, that my dad would probably not appreciate, but that he might... I mean, the, the irony is that I have grown up to become that guy. I have grown up to become the guy in more than one way that my dad would have just detested. So, I do salute you, though, because I admire, really honestly, anybody that has the kind of knowledge that you have. Because I, I just feel like that's a part of my brain. It's the same part of my brain that tells me, like, which way is west and which way is south. And I just don't have it. For I don't reason. have that either. But an amusing anecdote to this story is I had this delivered by the furniture company. Uh huh. These guys deliver things like this all day long. They could not get the freaking thing downstairs. I said, this, there must be a solution. Let's take it out on the front porch. I said, does it come apart? Oh, no, I don't think so. I'll take it out of the front porch, flip it over. There's all these bolts that right. hold together. I said, it comes apart. Get, get a soccer wrench, take it apart, boom, it's in the basement. I think that's great that you actually were able to tell the delivery drivers how to complete the delivery into the basement. That is wonderful. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Good luck. There you go. Thank you, my friend. I really am... I won't say, maybe I am envious. Maybe that's the right word. I just am envious of and baffled by people who know how to build stuff, fix stuff. You know, like here's another. I, like people who know how to fix their own cars. It, well, totally. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know how to do that. And I will. I would never pretend. I know that it makes me less than a man. I know how to change my own oil. Yeah, I mean, I kind of know how to do that. Like I knew how to do it once. I don't really know that I could do it now. And I'm, not, me too. and I'm not trying to sound like some, I have people I pay for that sort of thing. I mean, it's I do have people I pay for that, but that's only because I'm a retard, because I don't know how to do anything. Um, not to be filling the, the air with just Rick's, uh, Rick's home woes, but here's another problem that's happening in my house right now, and I'm, not, I'm really honestly not floating this so that people can like tell me how to fix everything, but just here's another example of how Rick has a tiny brain. So I've got this uh, ceiling fan uh, in our bedroom. So we've got the ceiling fan, of course, right there in the middle of the room. And it's the ceiling fan that not only has the fan blade, but it's a ceiling fan with uh, a light on it. And so it's got two different chains. One chain turns the, the fan part on. The other chain turns the light on. And sometimes there's a switch that flips them different directions. Right. Yeah. And there's the switch. Yeah, there's counterclockwise or clockwise. And then there's the wall switch that turns the whole thing on and off. Anyway, so a while back, this is, this is how dumb I am. And this is why that guy who just talked to us will always have a job, because of guys like me. 
So this is about three months ago. This is how long it's been that it's not fixed. Uh, my wife and I are like, uh, whatever, we, we, she had just done laundry or whatever, so we're making the bed, and we're putting the, the covers on the bed. Um, the ceiling fan is going. The, the, you know, the blades are whirling around. We're making the bed, and we got a pretty tall bed. Our, our bed is pretty large. It's pretty high off the ground. And so we put the sheet down and whatever, the, the other sheet and the, the blanket and the whatever. Uh, and then the final thing we're putting down is like this big sort of afghan that gets draped over the whole thing. So what do I do like an idiot? She's holding one side. I grab the afghan, which is all bent and folded over. I go, and I do that thing where you sort of whip you sort of whip the blanket to get it straight. You know what I'm talking about? So I grab both sides of the afghan, and I sort of whip it to try to get it to sort of flatten out. I whip the afghan so high in the air that the chain that controls the light gets knocked into the fan blade, which then pulls it right off. So now I've got a ceiling fan that works. But, of course, the light can't, and the, and the light was off at the time. The light now can never be turned on or off because the chain that hold, that adjusts the light was actually just yanked completely out of the mechanism by being tangled in one of the fan blades. Flipping it like that if you have somebody helping you make the bed. Because we just couldn't, because we couldn't figure out how to, you know, it was like a big, heavy thing. We couldn't quite get it smooth, and I'm a retard. That's the larger answer. Okay. That's the answer. I'm not going to blame. I'm dumb. And so I flipped the afghan again and knocked the chain for the light directly into the fan blade. It then became tangled, and the fan blade then pulled the chain completely out. And how do you fix that? No one knows. No yeah, one knows except know. that guy who just called, <laughs> who will charge me like $100 an hour to do it, as is his place in this capitalist society of ours. God damn, I suck. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Las Vegas, Nevada, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy. How, how's life, my friend? Oh, I want to slit my wrist right now. <laughs> Excellent. You are the best. Um, so, why? Well, this is uh, excruciatingly boring. Uh, Bruce Furlong, who was one of the guys that was in the room with Al Beardsley the day that O.J. Simpson allegedly burst in with four other guys, which had guns. Um, he's testifying right now. It is very boring. But there were two things uh, that were uh, two things during that testimony so far that's interesting to me. Is number one, O.J. Simpson said, according to Fromong, when he came into the room after the two guys with guns and the two other guys, he said, "Nobody leaves this room," which is that's the kidnapping. Sure. And on cross examination, uh, Greg Grasso, who's one of the defense attorneys, is trying to get Fromong to admit, and I think he has done a pretty good job of it. Established that the items were stolen from OJ and OJ was getting them back because one of the things OJ said was, get my stuff, leave all the other stuff here. Right. And uh, so this is very interesting. And I don't really envy this particular judge because he seems very young, not really with it. Um, and I, I don't know that he's going to be able to make a decent decision here. But then again, this is just the first witness. And this first witness has been on since 10 o'clock, just a little after 10 o'clock, which means this damn thing is going to go on for a couple of days. Uh, and so you are stuck there covering this every day until it's over. The, well, the, the, the judge has cleared the court for this hearing for three days. And the defense says, or the, the DA says they have eight witnesses. This is just the first one, uh, and half the day is over. Uh, and so what about, now is O.J. himself going to get yanked up there to testify at some point? No, not a preliminary hearing, no. This is just a, this is a probable cause hearing. The judge will determine if there's enough evidence, at least it's so seemingly enough evidence, uh, to hold Simpson and this other guy or two over for trial. This is 
nothing more than let's just see what you got and let's see if we can proceed with the trial. That's what this is all about. So, so based on what they've done here in the, 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 the very beginning of the very first day, though, you think that it's on rickety, a rickety foundation? Well, I don't know. It seems it, it seems that way, and and the the way the the way this witness is being real evasive with answering questions to uh, the the defense attorney by saying, "I don't know what the OJ said. I'm not an OJ said. I don't know what he was thinking." Um, you know, that, come on, that's that's lawyer speak that just people don't like. The the only good thing for him is that there's no jury. It's just the judge. Right. And I can't judge by the way the judge is looking. Um, how, how he's reacting to any of this. So uh, it's, all I know is it, it, it's very boring so far. That's all I know. Well, my, you know, the thing that, I, of course, I filter everything through the, the, for the public perspective of all of this, and you got to wonder, A, there's the O.J. factor, B, there's the, are people following this case closely enough that this judge feels like there's something, that there's some weird societal judgment waiting out for him out there for him one way or the other, depending on whether he puts O.J., you know, through the legal ringer or not. You know, and it, it, it post the Paris Hilton going to jail thing and all that. You got to wonder how much the public pressure weighs on this judge, if at all. Well, I hope it, I hope the judge isn't going to succumb to uh, public pressure. If he if he does, uh, then I would imagine there will be a trial. If he doesn't, and if uh, the defense has done a great job of saying, "Look, judge, all O.J. was doing." Was getting his stuff back. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have done it with guns, yeah. but you know, he's just getting his he's just getting his stuff back. You know, uh, how about we just uh, slap him on the wrist with some sort of misdemeanor thing, and uh, let's settle out of court, or let's uh, let's uh, let's make a plea deal, or whatever. But uh, Simpson doesn't want to. You know, he's got 12 felony counts facing him right now. So I think he'd like to whittle that down to just a few. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God. Well, I don't know. Have some scotch later. I don't know. Put put something on a hard eight. You know. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day to whatever extent that is possible, Jim. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Jim Roop in Los Angeles. I dig that guy. All right. Fantastic. I do too. Who else starts their their CNN radio shot with "I want to slit my wrists right now"? Jesus. All right. Um. Well, let's see. We've got Costantini coming up here in a few. Well, I got. I don't have time to do the Jenkins thing. I'm really, really curious about the Jenkins. I don't want to oversell it as like the best thing in the history of the world. It is pretty great. Though. The story itself it's, is pretty great. Well, and of course, now I'm still getting emails. No, 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 it's real. I know a guy in Wisconsin who knows a guy in Florida who... Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hey. Got words about wisdom about cutting up a couch. Yes. I did have a big metal-framed couch. And I was using a metal cutting wheel to saw it up. Uh-huh. And the sparks set the cushion foam on fire. I'm sorry. I didn't really see the story going that way. That's yeah. fantastic. It was. And so we got the thing out the door, and it took hours and hours and hours to put it out because the foam would keep on reigniting. So we're hosing it down with the hose, and it would just poof back on. So we had to go in the hose in shifts that is, to extinguish it. That is that's wonderful. I love the idea of you just having to take turns trying to keep the thing from just conflagrating right there. And the, that is like my wife down there did the painting with that primer that says, like, keep away from flame, and she's right next to a furnace filled with fire. Yeah, so All don't right. do that in your house. All right, excellent. Thank Bye. you. Bye now. All right, you go. Fantastic. I believe this is uh, our good friend Bob Costantini. Is that... Uh, yeah, Richie Bristol is this uh, is this uh, is this Bob Costantini on the uh, the thing the place the line the deal the whatnot the giga killing time I don't think Richie's even in the room let's welcome out of the room a man who I hope is CNN radio correspondent and firebrand Bob 
Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you, sir? How are you today? Oh, just fine. Just fine. Are you, in fact, just fine? Just wonderful. All right. Yeah. Really wonderful? Would you say you're more fine or wonderful, Bob? Anytime talking to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, be- yeah. before we talk about this, actually, this water project thing today, which I do actually have a couple of questions about, sure. well, let me get this out of the way, first of all, and then I'm going to ask you sort of an off-topic thing that just, as a journalist, you, you might be able to weigh in on. Um, it says here today... And it, as I read this, it just seems like the most tedious thing in the history of everything. The Senate is slated to vote today on what's likely to be the first override of a veto by President Bush, with members expected to authorize $23 billion in new water projects over yeah. the president. What? Please forgive my ignorance. What kind of water project takes $23 billion? Well, it's the kind that just about everyone uh, gets to participate in. Uh, including, no doubt, several in uh, Oregon. Um, is this more of sending our water to California? No, it's... Because uh, <laughs> that's what it always is. It is a question of uh, water projects. Uh, every little thing that you can think of, uh, Klamath River water uh, for farmers, uh, which is, uh, I believe, important in your area. Uh, it is... I hope I said that name right. Klamath, yes. No, no, no. That was, I, was, I wasn't even going to mention it because it was, it was done so well. Um, and it, it's every, just about every district, I mean, water is so important to us all, so that just about every one of the 535 senators and uh, House members um, could have a project in all this. And so we're talking about, you know, a few million here, a few million there, uh, those kinds of things, but it's the, sort of, it's the sort of bill that is just so popular because there's something in it for everyone, it makes it just so much sweeter to go down, and that's why the Senate would easily override the President's veto today, as they did, and the House uh, did the same on this water project on Tuesday. So it, it was uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion at the White House. They realized that it wasn't going to, uh, that they were never going to be able to withstand the pres, withhold the pres. Uh, <laughs> Need some, Keep need the president's some, veto going. Yeah. You need some water there, Bob? <laughs> Perhaps, yes. All right. The project of getting some water into your dry and parched mouth. The vote was 75 to 14. Uh, 79 to 14, I should say. Sorry. It, it's on a sort of tangentially related subject. Of course, the, 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 with the upcoming the races, all of this um, the, all of this buzz sort of about this uh, this business of Pat Robertson endorsing uh, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, which is, and again, yeah. I, I know this is off topic, but I don't know if you had any sort of journalistic observation about what the general reaction to this has been sort of inside the beltway there, because it's just, I was watching it last night actually on CNN, on on, uh, uh, on Anderson Cooper, they were, they were talking about this, and it was just, it is just so off the charts crazy, uh, yeah. in, in my assessment. I mean, to me, this just shows how badly they want, like how, how terrified of and filled with hatred for Hillary Clinton they are. The idea that Pat Robertson uh, would be imbor- uh, endorsing a guy who is, I believe, a twice-divorced and thrice-married adulterer who's for gay rights. And, uh, of course, that puts aside also the concerns about abortion. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Pat Robertson would naturally seem to have against someone uh, like Rudy Giuliani. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, the personal conducts put aside, gay rights put aside. I, I think it's, um, it's two things. It's twofold. It, of course, is serious concern about what would happen under a Hillary Clinton presidency. Um, also, these two men, uh, believe it or not, somewhat get along from what we understand. Uh, they talked yesterday about a long plane ride that they took together 
back from some event, and I forget what it was, uh, that where they had a, a significant discussion. And I think Pat Robertson has come to the realization that, you know, you – your, your staunch conservative, what he might have liked was Sam Brownback, who's a strong abortion foe, but he decided to get out of the race. Boy, <laughs> Sam Brownback is throwing his support behind behind John yeah, McCain. John McCain. That, <laughs> boy, that's, that's just the blind leading the blind right there. Well, you can say that if you want. I, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, come on. Politics makes strange bedfellows. You know, you know what said. that is? That's like Zeppo endorsing Shemp right there. <laughs> All right, Bob, uh, are you on tomorrow, sir? Uh, no. All right. Well, no, you at least he'll be around. Big plans for the weekend? Um, I'm helping out with a neighborhood project. I, I don't know why the world cares necessarily, but uh, Bob, it's because helping out with a neighborhood project. It's yeah. because we like you, Bob. <laughs> we're fans of yours. And uh, and going to uh, root the Ravens on on Sunday. Excellent. All right, my friend. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Rick. There Take you care. Go, ladies and gentlemen. Big round of applause there. Bob. Okay. All right, then. Uh, hey, Tim, are you working on news? As a matter of fact, I am. Hooray. <laughs> now, now, before, now, let me ask you this. Now, before we begin, we've got a busy show already today. I mean, we're already an hour into it. Only an hour down, and the day is just jam-packed. Do we want to do the Gencom thing right now and get it out of the way? Yes, please do. Okay, so... So Tim was here for this yesterday, uh, we're, so we're all on the same page. Now, let me bring the audience up to speed. So there is this, there's this fantastic story, and right now we're placing a wager on whether or not uh, Channel 6 is actually going to be running the story tonight. Well, it's, have you gone to their website today? Because they'd probably be I did. promoting it. Well, no, last night I went and I searched Jenkem, which is J-E-N-K-E-M. Uh, and so it, it really is tempting just to call them, but I almost prefer the I almost prefer the wondering rather than just actually calling going, Hey, you guys gonna be running this retarded story about kids sniffing feces? <laughs> I almost want to wait and see whether it happens. And I realize I'm driving all kinds of cum uh, towards there, you know, having all kinds of people check out the newscast that might not otherwise do it. Um, but it, it it really is it's like Christmas, you know, when you don't want to look at the presents because you enjoy the surprise. So. We have this memo, and the memo is real. Whether the actual drug scare is, is legitimate, we could discuss that here in a second. But the, the memo is real. And this memo, we'll recap this for those who came in late. We talked about this yesterday. The Collier County Sheriff's Office, which is in Naples, Florida, of course, put out this memo. We have received an email from a concerned parent regarding a new drug. Now, keep in mind, this memo is from a police department. This is from the this sheriff's office. It is on, yeah, it's on, yeah, the sheriff's office letterhead. And the sheriff's office has confirmed, by the way, that they did put this memo Be careful out. with that paper. Don't rip it. You can't get another. <laughs> valuable. Regarding a new drug called Gencom. The parent advised that their child learned about this drug at Palmetto Ridge High. Gencom, and I'm reading this as it's written. Any and all uh, geographic mistakes or passive stereotyping are the fault of the author. Gencom originated in Africa and other third world countries by fermenting raw sewage to create a gas which is inhaled to achieve a high. Gencom is now a popular drug in American schools. Attention, Susan Reynolds. Gencom is a homemade substance which consists of fecal matter and urine. 
The fecal matter and urine are placed in a bottle or jar and covered most commonly with a balloon. The container is then placed in a sunny area for several hours or days. The contents of the container will ferment and release a gas captured in the balloon. In so gross. Inhaling the gas is said to have a euphoric high similar to ingesting cocaine. Apparently has strong hallucinations of times past. No, it's magical hallucination. A, yeah, the, a magical hallucinogenic state within seconds. The high has been described as feeling out of it and, quote, talking to dead people. The best part about using this alleged drug made out of poo, all subjects who used the Jenkum disliked, quote, the taste of sewage in their mouth. And the fact that the taste continued for several days. Slang terms. Winnie, Runners, Leroy Jenkins, which is a World of Warcraft reference, by the way. Uh, and butthash. Oh, also waste. I guess that's Fat Boy's preferred term for it. But uh, we're just calling it butthash. Okay, so we had this. Uh, this memo here. And then we had a little bit of... Tonight, Wink News now obtained a confidential internal memo sent around to the Collier County Sheriff's Office. What it shows sent a shockwave of disgust to our staff. Shock. The question now, is this new way for kids to get high, described in this memo, really being used in southwest Florida? Well, none of the students that we talked to around Collier County really have heard of the drug. Tonight, the Sheriff's Office confirms it sent that memo out. But students we spoke with say even if the drug is around... Okay, so this is W-I-N-K covering this? Okay, now... Now, this is now WSBT. Uh, what is her What is her first name? This woman's name. It's something Cheatham. Well, she's hot as balls. That's all that it, I, I will tell you. That she is. She has kind of a Deborah Knapp thing going on. Uh, but she's the, one, the woman who's reporting this doesn't seem terribly bright, but is hot. Uh, and so this is from WS. Now keep in mind, this is I think just from like yesterday or the day before. So this is now. This has been in the pipeline for a while now. This is, I think, just from within the last 48 hours. So now listen to this, and I'll, I'll warn you, this is a couple minutes long, but it's gold. It, and it just gets better and better with every passing second. The best part of this whole report is, the, and you know how news casting works. They do at the desk where they say, and finally tonight, a new and disturbing drug uh, trend among American students. And then they go to the stand-up where the person is on the scene. You know, our own... Jim Riley has more. Exactly. Our own hottest balls, blah, 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 Cheatham has more on this. And then the guy are going, the drug is called Gencom. And it's her, like, standing at a school. And then, of course, they wrap it up by coming back to the desk where they do a little back and forth. And the reporter says, well, hottest balls, Miss Cheatham, what, what, what should parents be on the lookout for? At the end of this, you could... The very end of this report, listen to what she says parents ought to do to make sure that kids are not on the Jenkins. But first, this is from WSBT. Very dangerous and somewhat new drug is causing police to send a warning to local parents. Police say kids are getting high off a drug called Jankum. WSBT's Kelly Cheatham is here. And Kelly isn't Cheatham. here yet, but police think it could be soon. Well, Kirk, they want parents to be on the lookout for the drug. It's made of fermented feces and urine. Police <laughs> say it's a fad they haven't seen in our area, but they're hearing about it from other law enforcement agencies, and it could come here. It starts as an attempt to get high. It's basically uh, someone taking raw sewage and letting it ferment, and mm. then there's a gas that expels off of that, and they inhale that gas. That gas causes hallucinations. But the typical hallucinogen uh, will uh, give you a sense of euphoria uh, and uh, an heightened sense of your... I am going to interrupt this for just a second to say this. Listen to this, uh, this war on drugs thing they do here, this little scare tactic, where they segue with... 
without telling you from discussing this Jenkins thing, which clearly doesn't exist, into discussing, like, real hallucinogens, and they blur the line to make you think that this will kill you. Ah. Oh. Basically, uh, someone taking raw sewage and letting it ferment, and then there's a gas that expels off of that, and they inhale that gas. That gas causes hallucinations. But the typical hallucinogen uh, will uh, give you a sense of euphoria uh, and uh, an heightened sense of your awareness, uh, things around you. That's what, that's what the rush is. Um, but then it's followed by sedation. Even though doctors and police say they haven't seen any local cases of people who have taken Jankum, they say they do see quite a few young adult males at the emergency room who have taken hallucinogens. They say depending on what they've taken, the symptoms can vary. Lowering your blood pressure, lowering your heart rate, um, lowering your respiratory drive. Uh, so that you stop breathing. Jenkum can do all that, and the long-term effects are worse. They include brain damage, stroke-like symptoms, even destroying bone marrow to the... Okay, that's made up. Yeah. That is made-up news right there. That, listen to how... And what's wrong with that? And they did the... Well, nothing for some. They did the little segue there, talking about Jenkum, then talking about hallucinogens in general, but then they come back around and she just starts, you'll pardon the pun, pulling stuff out of her ass. So, let's we'll play that part once again and I'll let it go to the end. They include brain damage, stroke-like symptoms, even destroying bone marrow to the point of developing leukemia. All that <laughs> from getting high off human feces and urine. That's the very question that we have, and it, it, it is. Why, why you would ingest something into your system that's that nasty? You know, you'd have to ask those folks that are doing it. Do something stupid at age 18 and then pay for it the rest of your life. Now, some signs a person might be taking hallucinogens like Jankum if they're acting nervous, if they're jittery, experiencing tremors, or have dilated pupils. A lot of times, you can also smell it on their breath since it's something they're breathing in. Ew! Amazing. Somebody would want to do this to themselves. What are the parents What do? should parents tell be doing to keep their kids away from this stuff? Well, please say it's really all about parents having a positive relationship with their kids, knowing where they are, what they're doing. And it can sound extreme, but they say also, don't let your kids go to bed when they come home at night until you've smelled the breath and until you've had a conversation with them again sounds extreme but it could end up saving a life things that are out of the norm all right thank you kelly mm -hmm. i thought she was gonna say until they can make sure you flushed be, be totally make sure that all your feces in the house is properly make disposed sure you're of feces make sure that you smell your children's breath for the telltale stench of feces how long for the days when you kids were young and just met each other online <laughs> two and a half minutes they spend on that Oh, Kelly Cheatham. All right. there. We'll play that again later because okay. it's gold. It's just fantastic. The best part is when she talks about it'll destroy bone marrow and give you leukemia. All that from sniffing human feces. Someone got paid to write that. All right. Back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, Rachel McGrath, top five zombie songs and more on the butthash menace. You stay there. Emerson Radio Program. It's uh, 503-733-2970 at the Ministry of Truth, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. 
And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I, I think I found what we're looking for. This is from the coin website. Oh, please, it's, please, God, let it be okay, true. Okay, pop me up. Let's see if this is it. Ready? All right. Here we go. You're this up. Is from Coin TV. Uh huh. All right. We'll see if this is the one. That's just disgustingly gross. Why would you do something like that? We just told these people about the newest craze that's sweeping the country. Oh, it God. turned my stomach. Would you try something like that? No. Just wait till we tell you. Only on Coin U6, Thursday at 11. Okay, oh. I'm setting my TV oh. right now. Okay, I am going... It's a two-hour CSI from 9 to 11. I'm watching... I'm turning at 11.01. I'm watching that. I'm going to TiVo.com right now, <laughs> and I am, I am... I am remotely scheduling my TiVo as we speak. This is the first time we're telling people to watch coin six <laughs> the first time since sarah left anyway um yeah this is when did you leave like a year ago it last april may last april not well, there this, hasn't been anything not in other words not april of this year april no, the, of 2006? Yeah, like, may or may of 2006 yeah so this is the first time in 18 months where you're telling people to watch coin tv uh, please tune in and watch their special report on, what is it, Tim, the new craze that's sweeping the nation? It's so disgusting we can't mention what it is. Let's hear it one more time. Let's see. I'm not sure if oh, I know that. It's so disgusting here. they can't mention what it is until tonight. Oh, Funny how they can mention it tonight, but not, like, there. Uh, let's see here. All right, hold on. I'm setting this. Uh... Uh, let's see. Not in my neighborhood. Uh, let's see here. Wait. That's every story on, on local. Uh, no. I don't want that around my children. <laughs> Mike Donahue, Jenny Hansen, and the Good Morning Northwest team tomorrow beginning at 5 p.m. on Oh, it you, works really well. Are you scrolling? <laughs> Their website is six. Yeah, that's a. I'll try to find it later, but it is point six. <laughs> well done. You can't get what you want when you want it. <laughs> that's their new slogan. All right. What you want later. All right. Fanta online scheduling. All right. Okay. Wonderful. I am uh, scheduling this right now. All right. There you go. The Jenkin menace, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Fantastic. So that's what this is about. Tonight, Wink News now obtained a confidential internal memo sent around to the Collier County Sheriff's Office. What it shows sent a shockwave of disgust to our staff. All right. Excellent. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Coin6 won't let me off their site. No, no, of course. You, you may not leave. <laughs> you may never leave this place. Wonderful. Right. So that's what's happening. Uh, no, right? I, I, yeah, the TiVo site is uh, is loading right now. The programming grid for tonight, and I'm going to be telling you what is it? Is it just the Coin Six News at eleven? There's a fancy or, name for it. Coin. It's either Coin News Six or Coin Six News. It's I'm not, not like sure. Coin on your side or something. Or Coin News Six. Coin News Six. They'll change it again soon. All right. Well, anyway, the uh, Clark County Sheriff's Office is asking for your help in finding a missing 16-year-old girl who looks older than 16 in this picture. <sighs> Wait, hold on. Let me fill they in the rest do. of this. They all. Yeah. They uh, let me fill in the rest of the story. Did she run away with the teacher? Uh no. Did did she run away with anybody? Uh to find someone. Did she run away to meet an older person that she met online? Uh, more than likely. Yes. Okay. They found evidence on Amanda Bence's computer to suggest she may be communicating with a male living in the Midwest. They're not sure of his age. She's 16. A white girl. Five foot five, one hundred eighteen pounds. Well, that's it. The blue hair. That's blonde with blue hair. Oh no, I'm sorry. She what? has brown hair and blue eyes. <laughs> she may have her hair in a ponytail. She may have pierced ears. Uh, pink and black tennis shoes. A gray pullover hoodie, sweatshirt, carrying a black leather purse and a black backpack. 
Call uh, the Clark County cops. If okay, you but do you realize? I was just going to say, do you realize that you, and by you I mean the, the mainstream media, from whom we mindlessly just recite all kinds of crap. I'm part of the mainstream media. Do you? No, no, no. I'm saying. Oh. No, I'm talking to to them. You, oh. the mainstream media, who then we here on this program we just mindlessly recite your gibberish. So they're asking people here to be looking for a girl who is probably in Kansas. So. She disappeared some time ago, heading to the Midwest, and yet we're supposed to be scouring Multnomah County for her. Mm -hmm. There you go. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. All right. Uh, police need your help in finding two people who are reportedly in with uh, beating people on the backs. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're looking for a, uh, one Hispanic teenager about five foot five with an average build. They're also looking for a Hispanic male at a similar age and height with a stocky build. Like there are only two or three of these I people. I was just going to say, good luck with that. Well, I mean, really, that's an. That's an easy equation to solve. We're looking for a Hispanic man with a medium build. Done and done. Could probably Give me 15 seconds. I could probably do that. A uh, 16-year-old, another 16-year-old, uh, driving the wrong way in the I-5 was killed in a head-on collision with a semi. Oh, oh. This happened on I-5 southbound at Dyke Road in uh, Cowlitz County. How would you even get on the I-5 the wrong way? That seems pretty difficult. But he was driving a 1970 Dodge Dart. How could that thing still be on the road? Well, and how could that thing not not get, not keep you alive? Those things are like, that's like driving inside a tank. My parents used to, I used to own a Dodge Dart. Mm -hmm. That's like driving inside a Packard. Those things are just huge. So uh, that was that. Well, don't do that. Don't do that anymore. So just stop it. Uh, let's see. So let's talk about the uh, Massachusetts priest behind bars in New York City. Is this a clergy watch? It is, yes. Fantastic. Here's your clergy watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Behind bars in New York City, and he's been suspended by the Boston Archdiocese. All these priests from the Archdiocese are in trouble. Uh, this one for allegedly stalking NBC host Conan O'Brien. Apparently, he likes older boys. Investigators say the Reverend David Engian has uh, been uh, had been last assigned to St. Patrick's Church in Massachusetts. He sent threatening letters to Conan, some on parish letterhead. <laughs> really? Uh huh. And then he tried to force his way into a taping of the show in New York City. Who stalks Conan O'Brien? Apparently this priest likes it. Like stalking Estelle Getty. It just doesn't make any sense. The members of his church are, are uh, dumbfounded by this whole thing. Oh, I, I, I'm shocked. That, that doesn't sound like him at all. It just makes me feel very sad. Very sad. I think they're just, those are just the actualities left over from the last molestation yeah. that happened. They just they did roll them out again. It's not known what the motive behind the priest's alleged actions are, or if the uh, two men knew each other. Conan O'Brien is from Massachusetts. He wasn't hurt. NBC has uh, no comment on the situation. All right. Uh, there's your clergy watch for Thursday yeah. on the Rick Emerson Radio program. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. America's smoking rate is stuck at 21%. Come on, let's get that thing up there. It's unchanged for the last three years. This, according to the Center for Disease Control, more than 45 million Americans smoke. That number hasn't changed since 2004. 
The rate is stalled despite higher tobacco taxes on both state and federal levels. That's just wrong. We used to be a nation of progress. Now, onward and upward. Mm -hmm. A survey by the CDC finds that nearly one quarter of all adult men smoke and 18% of women smoke. CDC officials blame a halt in funding for anti-tobacco programs. Now, let me ask you this. Now, Tim, do you believe, I was mentioning this to Lisa Desjardins the other day, that my, I walked home the other day, my wife has started to set aside a certain amount of her take-home pay for investment uh, in certain sort of, you know, outside the, you know, to, to, put, into, to put into the market, as they say. Uh -huh. How do you feel about, in, in your assessment, Tim Riley, how do you feel about investing in big tobacco at this point? Hmm. Do you feel like there's going to be a solid return on that? Are we selling our cigarettes to people overseas? I, I think we 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 franchise those out and then they make their own cigarettes. So if we so if like RJR Tobacco or Nabisco or whatever they're called the cigarette people if they so do tobacco farmers and tobacco companies here if if they so if we get a lot of people in like Vietnam to smoke does that make money for tobacco companies here? Yes. Really? Okay. So this so even though because in America the smoking rates are declining and there does seem to be a general sort of anti-smoking vibe in the air. This is a smoking bans on the this taxing thing that even though it failed, I mean there's a lot of public groundswell against smoking. But it does seem like the rest of the world is lighting up just as much as ever. Right. So really it does seem like that might be a solid return on my investment dollar. I would say so. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm all over that. I have no moral compunction with that whatsoever. None. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, wait, here we go. Coin 6 news at 11 p.m.? Yes? Mhm. Mm okay. Record this. Is it that long to find it? No, I was busy doing some other things. Oh. Uh, record this episode. Yes. All right. Fantastic. Done. Okay. What priority? Highest priority. Cancel, other, highest priority. cancel other programs if necessary. All right. I have now scheduled that so when I arrive home uh, tonight, my team will be ready and set up and be able to record the Jenka Menace on Coin6. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. That will be terrific. So, uh, parents, uh, how are you doing finding uh, those non-Chinese-made uh, toys for the kids this Christmas? Don May, the Director of Consumer Product Safety Management, says parents are going to have a tough time finding toys not made in China. According to our poll of Consumer Reports readers, we find that 36% say that they're, they're going to be buying fewer toys this holiday season, and 30% said they're not going to buy toys made in China. However, it's very difficult to avoid toys made in China. 80% of the market are Chinese-made. That's just a big load when parents say that. That's that's like, are you going to spend more time reading to your children every night and holding their hands while they cross the streets and going to worship at the church of your church? Sure we are. That's yes. Just starting tomorrow. And then, of course, that never happens. No. Uh, when is the last time you bought anything and checked to see where it was made? No one does that. The only reason we checked the underside of these toys in the studio is because we just assumed they were made in China. And we wanted to verify that. Mm -hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Eric. What's up? Got a question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of experience in drug addiction. What is the active ingredient in human feces that will get you high? I believe that's uh, bupkis. That's the made-up ingredient. The made-up ingredient is nothing. Okay. Now, I also have a question, too, okay? No, but I mean, now, why, now were you asking this because you were looking to start a Jenkum addiction and you needed to know the scientific underpinnings of the whole thing? or I Stuff like this, I just can't believe. And who would be the first person to try it? Uh, you know, people in Florida, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And I just can't figure out what the what active ingredient would come from something like well, that. Well, the only too. active ingredient, as I understand it, and there's not even an active... I mean, I, I understand that we in the, the fecal matter, and this show is setting a land speed record for the most uses of the phrase fecal matter and the word feces. I, and welcome to the lunch hour. I do believe that when fecal matter decays, it does create methane, which is a gas, but it doesn't really do anything to you. I think, if anything, I think it just makes you pass out or something, or maybe it just makes you vomit. I don't really know. Well, yeah, but you could get methane from rotting vegetables, too. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, but there's other ways of getting it. Not nearly as much fun. 
Now, my other question, and I hate to be the first one, I'm actually proud to be the first one to ask this, is that possibly how those actors in that movie were convinced to uh, do that movie? <laughs> they were, that video? Yeah, yeah the, uh, the video that can never be named. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Is it possible that they were high they were on... They high on Jenkum. We should start that. We should try to start a Jenkum urban legend of our own. We should That's try to. We should. We should fabricate a friend of ours who, you know, his whole life was going great, and now he's homeless and living on the street, and his wife has left him, and he's covered in scabs, all because he fell prey to the Jenkum menace. That's right. He was a janitor, and he got locked in a restroom or something. Yeah. He had to be there all night. He trapped in a survived. honey bucket all night, and when he came out the next morning, he was a raving addict. Excellent. But, uh, but I think I think you should look into the fact that that video could have been produced under those circumstances. All right. Thank you, sir. See you later. All right. There you go. One more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I've what? got experience with Jenkins. sewage and drugs. Okay. Well, when I was a younger youth... We, a younger youth. A younger youth. We grew up in like a middle-class neighborhood, but outside of city limits, so we all had uh, septic tanks. Uh -huh. So ours at about, I don't know, 15 years old... We noticed a puddle in the yard, and the weeds that were about inch thick and about three feet high would grow out of them. So in our wisdom, we chopped one down and dried it out and smoked it. Wait, hold on. I don't understand this. So there was a puddle of what in your front yard? Uh, like from the, from the septic tank. Of liquid, there was a puddle of liquid waste in your front yard. Right. What, what kind of... possessed you to do that? What? Were you high on something else when you decided to do this? So you're like, oh, hey, there's a tree soaking well, in urine. I must smoke that. Let's we, ingest we it. We weren't able to get a hold of, you know, anything else. Okay, what kind of weed was growing out of this puddle? I, I don't know, your typical yard weed. I mean, it wasn't like pot or something. It was just like so a regular... all kinds of other yard not covered in urine, but you decided to take the one part that was? Well, it's the one part the... that's covered in feces. Let's smoke that, the, just uh, that section. The the item growing out was just it. It looked like it could do something if you smoked it. What made it look that way? Because it was huge. It was, you know, like I said, it was as thick as your thumb, and the leaves were huge, and it only grew so, in one spot. So you believe that the fecal puddle had some sort of Popeye spinach thing going on? There uh, you go. Okay. And so what then happened when you smoked it? Um, it pretty much just burned our lungs for about the next eight hours. Yeah, who could see and that? And I, I pretended that I got high. And now you have to tell everybody that you smoked something soaking in feces. There you go. <laughs> okay, well, at least we have an upside. At least it benefited us many years later. I'm happy to do so. All right, thank you, my friend. Bye. All right, there you go. Did I miss a, a, a pertinent part of that conversation? I don't really understand people sometimes. What? I don't understand. So there's just a... a spot in his yard and he, him and his friend decided to just dig it up he had a big yard there was a leak in the septic tank uh resulting in a puddle of feces the weeds growing out of this puddle because it's fertilizer of course you know obviously the, the weeds growing out of this were extra tall he somehow thought well that must mean the puddle has magical properties not that just you know it's fertilizing so he said, let's smoke those weeds that, grew. you know, you've heard of the flower that grew from concrete, Sarah, the rose that grew from the pavement. This is the weed that grew from the poo. And so he thought, we ought to smoke that right now. I need that right in my mouth. <laughs> That'd be even better if I was sucking on it. Oh. All right, here's Tim Riley. That is kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. Strange doesn't really begin to do it justice. 
Well, the uh, Rockefeller Christmas tree was cut down yesterday in Connecticut. It is 84 feet tall. It weighs 8 tons. It's a Norway spruce cut with a handsaw rather than a chainsaw to mark 75 years of Rockefeller Christmas trees. The tree was loaded on a 115-foot-long trailer heading for Manhattan. And the tree is done with 30,000 lights. It'll be lit on November 28th. I think that's about the same time as ours is. Have you ever seen the tree at Rockefeller Center? No. It is amazing. It's, I mean, I'm a big sucker for Christmas. Everybody knows that. But I, uh, uh, I've only been in New York for Christmas once. And it was like about three, four years ago. And Laura and I were there. And we just, it's, uh, there's a picture of us, but it didn't really come out because A, the tree is so festooned with lights that it's, um, it's just so bright that it just blew out the camera lens, basically. It's just this huge glare behind us. And plus, the tree is so massive that there's just no, it's like putting my poodle on the couch. There is, you're trying to get a sense of scale. And there is no way to get a sense of scale because this tree is huge. And so, you know, Lauren and I are just like little tiny dots in front of it. So you can basically point at this big white glaring triangle in the middle of it and go, that's us. Where are these two tiny specks at the bottom? But it's just impossible to convey it. So it, it really is like seeing a whole movie of the It's a Small World ride. You really, you know, you really have to go see it in person, yeah. Well, the last, uh, well, one of the last two survivors of the Titanic is dead. This lady was 96. Uh, Barbara West Dayton, believed to be one of the last two survivors from the sink of the Titanic in uh, 1912, died in England. She was 96. She died in a nursing home in England. Uh, she was two months old at the time of the Titanic sinking and is now the disaster's only remaining survivor. Oh, I see. Gladys Dean of Southampton is now the only survivor. Do we have audio? No. Okay. There was nothing left for her to say. <laughs> she was 96. <laughs> the audio's just sort of... Mm-hmm. The uh, I remember seeing there was this IMAX Titanic film that came out uh, years ago, and I, there was this one woman for years, and I was a I was a total sucker for Titanic documentaries for the longest time, um, it just because you know because it's because it, it's da 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 such a compelling story blah 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 oh the humanity whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and so the Titanic is you know was fascinating me for a long time, and there was this one woman who would always show up in every Titanic documentary, and she was like 150 years old, and she had was about four years old at the time. And she would tell this story, and she was just really old, but she did have this this very strong memory. She would tell this story of how uh, she and her mom, uh, or her mum, got into one of the boats, and the dad said something like, you know, well, uh, I'm I'm just going to stay here for a while, and then we'll all meet up for tea later. And uh, and she also she also told the whole story about how, you know, the Titanic, they're calling it unsinkable, and how her mother had had some premonition, or, or no, her grandmother had had a premonition and wouldn't get on the Titanic. Like, uh, this woman who was a survivor, her grandmother had had a ticket and at the last minute refused to get on it because she said that calling the ship uh, unsinkable was an affront in the face of God. Uh, and so you would see this one woman turn up in every single time titanic documentary uh because she was i think the only person alive at that time who had a memory of actually being on this so this one was what two months old or something yeah yeah so well milk it milk it as long as you can but she probably icy, doesn't remember the icy hand of death closes on you uh let's see what have we got here more uh really unbelievably just more jenkum calls hi you're on the rick emerson show hello jenkum hi yes hello sir hello hello, hello. Yeah, that's Dave again. I can fix your ceiling fan, or if you have a not even acquaintance with tools, I can tell you how to fix it. I'll tell you, I do appreciate people who are calling and offering to fix the various things in my house. Do me a favor, sir. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not blowing you off. But this is uh, CBS would frown upon me using this as my own personal, like uh, this old house. Drop me an email, sir. Sure. Thank you. All right. 
He sounded a little sinister. He sounded kind of creepy. Sure. He'll fix that fan of yours. And I'll fix that neck of yours, too. Don't give him your address. With a hacksaw. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, uh, you asked earlier, how did somebody get on the freeway the wrong way? Yeah. That um, actually was a thing when I was in high school. I actually lived in Woodland, which is where this happened. You'd get all crazy on Jenkins and go driving the wrong way on I-5? No, the kids were on the goofballs or whatever. <laughs> uh, you go up one side of the freeway, and it's actually faster to get on the freeway the wrong way at 2 or 3 in the morning, go straight up, and then get off at the dike access oh, road. And oh. Sometimes you make it, and sometimes you don't. Oh, that's freaky. That's unnerving. It, it, it was not an uncommon thing. In the summertime, the kids have their you know built motors, and they you know would race up the freeway the wrong way, and you go, you'd go north in the southbound side, and you're, it's only like... Three-quarter of a mile. But and that is the kind of thing you do when you're a kid and you see nothing dangerous about it. You kind of go, well, I'll probably make it. You just have no, it's, yeah. It's the stupidest thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. There you go. Uh, let's see. Did so it's something do... all the kids do. Yeah. Yes, apparently. Like a weenie roaster. Taffy pull. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like a taffy pull. Uh, should we break here? Sure. Let's take sure. a break, shall we? We'll come back more of Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, more of your phone calls coming up later on. CNN Radio correspondent Rachel McGrath. Top five zombie songs uh, of all time. Uh, it's the worst song you've ever heard, and uh, everybody will we'll all gather around the wire listening to it. It will help create some liners for Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley to say. That's all coming up. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. Rick Emerson Radio Program. Okay, Richie Bristol has the slowest computer I've ever used in my life. No. Really? Is it? Do you believe that yours, uh, yours still wins that uh, that prize? Most definitely. I was back there trying to uh, trying to pull the audio from the coin tees. The uh, a fad so disgusting we can't show it to you, but watch it tonight. Apparently in high definition television too. Did you say it's in like digital widescreen? Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, so I was trying to uh, to do just to pull to isolate just that sound, and I opened up Coin.com and I sat there for like literally however long that break was. I sat there for like nine minutes just kind of going, <laughs> and all I was all the all the first thing the page brought up of course was the picture of the missing white girl, and then I was just waiting for everything else to load because I was just trying desperately to isolate that audio where he says you know whatever it is he says faces of Jenkum, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We Tim was noting during the break that we really ought to fabricate some like some some sad stories about Jenkum abuse and just have them call coin and share their soft stories. But yeah, my uh, my son he was uh, yeah he was on his way to becoming a national honor student and then he uh, got hooked up Jenkum. Well he got well he got on the Jenkum and uh, well it was never the same after that mouth reeking reeking of feces and all and <laughs> uh, okay. Five zero three seven. Well, we'll we'll try it again later. That's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. And I will play that whole WSBT uh, Jenkum story again later because it is wonderful. Uh, let's see. This is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, anyway, I'm working on several things here, but the computer is a little slow. So let's move along. <laughs> okay. Talk to Fred Thompson. Oh, can we please? He says he has no regrets about getting into the race later than the other candidates. 
As a matter of fact, the former senator from Tennessee tells Spartanburg's uh, New Center 4 that some candidates may have entered the race too early. Governor Romney, for example, has apparently spent about $50 million, including about $20 million of his personal fortune that has been running for gosh knows how long, ever since I can remember. And he's running, what, third or fourth in the national polls? I'm already over that guy, as I think everybody is. You yeah. talk about a guy who got into the race too soon. Fred Thompson should have gotten into the race like a November 2nd of 2008. That would have worked because everybody, he, he sort of came, you know what he is? He's just like sort of Winnie the Pooh. He's just sort of this big, roly-poly, wrinkly white guy. Uh, that, and he uh, told me I should run. Yeah, he said no one, that now we realize no one really is, is that interested in and that no one really cares about electing. Wait, does this coin sound? Uh, no, this is something else. All right. That's not working. We've got a little bit of breaking news here, or oh, what good. claims to be breaking news. Hold on, where's my breaking uh, news sounder here? This says, Rick, I was driving up to one of my offices in Hillsboro. Two ambulances, this is only an email report, by the way. We don't know if this is true or not, but we're passing it along anyway without any verification or foundation. Two ambulances have just pulled up to Jackson Elementary School on Northeast Jackson School Road in Hillsboro. Coin 6 News is setting up to film outside the school. Possibly, Rick, the first butthash victims. Mm-hmm. Well, probably not, sir, but we can always hope. So I don't know if that's true, but this, this guy reports that there are ambulances and the Coin 6 news van outside of Jackson Elementary School on Northeast Jackson School Road uh, in Hillsboro. So uh, I don't know. So there you go. So ma make of that what ye will. All right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, I was just calling to say um, how this uh, Jenkin thing would actually end up killing you if you actually used it. Okay, so this again would be a bottle of feces and urine left to ferment in the sun for many, many days uh, with yeah. the gas then inhaled. Yeah, um, how it would actually do it is the gas that is released, is there's uh, one called a hydrogen sulfide that's released. Uh huh. And it's actually heavier than air, which would mean it would paralyze your lungs. And the only way to expel it would be to pump oxygen back into your lungs. And nobody's given that guy mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. I'll tell you this right now. Any of you in the studio, anybody here falls victim to Jenkins addiction, I am not giving you CPR. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me a bastard. I wouldn't do it for you. <laughs> I mean, there's no Is way. Is that part of the new benefits package in the coming year? <laughs> Jenkins addiction treatment. <laughs> Um, so now, so is this, now are you a scientist, sir, or, is it, or are you just an amateur Jenkins studier? Oh, it's just one of those things that I picked up in, like, the high school biology. Okay, now, how is it that you would have just picked this up? At oh. what point in school would they just have casually mentioned, by the way, if you bottle up your poo for a few weeks and then you leave it in the sun, here's what's going to happen. What kind of school oh. did you go to? Uh, public school. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so this is just the solid waste or is this the urine? Um, urine uh, releases uh, an ammonia gas is what that releases, which would also kill you if you breathe that in, too. So let me understand this. So this won't get you high, but if you did bottle up enough of your own poo and pee and leave it... And by the way, how great is it that we can pass this entire conversation off as completely allowable because this is, by definition... This is totally all of it permissible because this is a news story. Well, it's like an after-school special. It really is. This and this is, is kind of genius. Some some brilliant person is trying to kill off all the stupid people. That is so great. So if you bottle up all of your, your, your solid and liquid waste and you leave it in the sun for a while and then you huff it, it'll probably kill you. Yes. Oh, that's so great. That is so cool. Wonderful. I mean, usually a guy has to get hooked, you know, he has to do heroin for a long time before it kills him. This, this, would you say that there's a possibility this might kill you the first time? Yeah, probably. How much of it would you have to huff, do you think? Oh, I don't know how much. But What um... if I had a two-liter 7-Up bottle that I emptied out of and I filled with my own bodily waste? 
And I then left it in the sun for a good month. And and let me ask you this: Does it have to be in the sun? Uh, what if I just left it out, uh, like on an average sort of rainy day in Portland? Uh, the sun would only accelerate the, hmm. the decomposing of it, which is any kind of stagnant sewage would. Let me ask you this: what, Is it any kind of heat? What if I kept it underneath like an electric blanket? Uh, that, like I said, that'll just accelerate the fermentation process, so you could actually do it sooner if you but, did it that way. But I mean, even in the rainy season here, I could I could still make my own jankum at home if I'm willing to sort of put the time in. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Hey, I wonder if it's illegal to sell this. Like, if I started making it at home right now and went to sell it to idiots, I wonder if that's illegal. I don't know. All right. Thank that's you, sir. It's a free marketplace. I suppose we do live in a capitalist society. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, Jenkum Hotline. Hello. <laughs> hey. Uh, on the Jenkum line. I, I had a call about the, the butt hash that the kids are doing. Yes. You remember when we were kids and you could go to a field and find these little things called mushrooms and eat them? They're still in the fields with Walmarts. Now the kids are forced to just huff poop fumes. This is the, Jenkum is the fault of Walmart. It is. Walmart is to blame Walmart because one can now no longer find indigenous plants and substances in the fields to inhale. You have to <laughs> inhale your own urine. I can't even say it with a straight face, and I've been working on it for two days now. That's wonderful. All right, thank you. Bye now. Oh, man, we're going to milk this for the rest of the week. All day today, all day tomorrow, we're going to be talking about this. That's wonderful. Let's go around the room right now. Do you think Coin is actually going to air this news report tonight on uh, on Jenkins, Sarah? Being that I work there and they don't really seem to have a backup plan for anything, <laughs> I must say yes. Excellent. The machines can't make that editorial call. Tim? I think they will. I think they finally found their niche. Oh, it's so great. Oh, I can't wait. Whatever I'm doing, I'm I'm... Even if I'm out, I'm coming home to watch that. I wonder if they'll split the difference. I wonder if they'll do it uh, because we have the two different variations here. We have this WSBT story where this woman, what is her name? Her name is Kelly Cheatham, um, where she is just all breathless about there's a, a drug sweeping the school. Smell your child's breath for traces of poop every night. Um, the And then we've got this other one where the guy is a little skeptical about it. So I'm wondering if, if Coin might split the difference and try to cover their collective uh, journalistic asses. By by saying by exploring the possibility that might not be on the level that these Jenkum stories might be ever so slightly inflated or exaggerated. Uh, I love being us. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi, Rick. It's Uncle Steve. Hello, sir. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. Do you remember when Howard Hughes passed away? Well, maybe Tim will remember that he had been collecting his <laughs> urine and poop in jars. Is that true? I know Marlon Brando did that with other people's species. Okay. Why was Howard Hughes oh, doing really that? Did. Howard Hughes was a little bit crazy towards the end. Well, that's true. It was a pastime. There was no TiVo back then. <laughs> there was yeah. no cable. Uh, well, I know he uh, he didn't cut his toenails either. Oh. And, yeah, and, and he would say that, and he had, uh, I guess, Mormon bodyguards, and after he died, their job was to empty all that stuff out. Uh. I don't recall the stories of them getting high. It seemed mostly they retched a lot. I was just going on to the next one. That's when that's when your union regulations really put you into golden time. When you have to do that. All right. Thank you. There you go. Jesus. Mormon bodyguards, known known uh, to the uh, residents of Utah as day nights. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So uh, Dwayne the dog Chapman went on Larry King last night. Really? But Is he, he doing he the whole thing? He wasn't crying this time. This you... time he said it was kind of like a cuss word, and he thought he was being cool by saying it. Okay. Now do you have audio? I have some Please. audio. Now did you hear 
Uh, actually, I was listening to, I think it was Marconi was playing some of this yesterday. Did you hear the entire contents of that Sean Hannity thing yesterday where he was saying he's now insisting that he be buried in a black cemetery when he dies? Oh, yeah. sweet Lord, are you serious? No, he's doing a whole lot. I, and I got to, I can't do his voice. I got to be buried with black folk or whatever it is he, he was saying. Um, and he actually said at one point, he's like, I always thought of myself as a man. And I do think this is what he said. I think he said this. I think he said... You know, I was proud of myself and being a man who could go talk to the blacks, <laughs> which is just great. Yeah. Just digging himself in with both hands. But he's now insisting he's, he's, that he wants to be the only white man. I don't know if he was talking about a theoretical cemetery or if he named an actual, like, cemetery somewhere that apparently is, like, primarily black. Mm -hmm. But he, he did say something like, and I want to be the only white man buried in that cemetery. For reasons that I don't really understand. Maybe he thinks, I, I I don't know what that's all about. Okay, so what do we have here? So it's going through different twists and turns. He's trying to find out what works for him. <laughs> He's just trying every yeah. possible angle. So here he is on the Larry King last night. In front of you, tonight I felt like I was coming to the electric chair. Really? The electric chair. I'm sorry to tell you personally, first of all, I'm very sorry. He's and apologizing to Larry King, who is not black. I'm very sorry for using that word. Please don't think any less of me, and I'm going to fix it. All right, let's let's let's. All right. It. On behalf Open of the black community, right I, Larry King, accept your apology. A way to fix this and where it would never happen again, and that you know how sorry I really am to say that, and try not to use any excuses why I would have said it, but to never say it again. How do you fix it? Well, I'll continue you doing things. Taking your own life with you know interracial people and interracial I people. <laughs> I have some classes I have to go to, and I need oh, to get a greater vocabulary than what I have, obviously. And uh, when I get mad and my brain searches phonics. for a word, I have to find different words. And to do that, you have to be have a more of an education. So I've got yes, you have to be able to say black. Life. Yeah, you know, I've probably used and had that kind of vocabulary my whole life, yes. So you've had... Oh, wait, is he going to start the whole, he's a simple, common man? Yeah, Well, if I could, uh, I graduated from the seventh grade, you know. I mean, I, oh, I, see. Yeah. I dropped out of school, and, and I don't want to blame it on that. I know. Oh, he's right from the school of hard knocks, Tim. He's from the streets. Yeah. I knew I probably shouldn't have never used that, but I thought shouldn't I was shouldn't cool have never. enough to be able to use that. But uh, to blame it on, on it. That's it for now. It's the remix. All right. That's the that's the coin six version. Yeah. All right. So here he is uh, with this revealing cleavage and, and dressed like. Uh, Wait, hold on. Now I have to see this. I have to see. Oh God. He's dressed like Joan Crawford would be in the 1940s. I mean, Exposing of his cleavage and, so and, and chainery. Does, does he has dreamcatcher earrings? Yeah, he does. But but you know who he really looks like? I'll I'll show you. Wait a minute here. Hold on. He's going. You're going to my website. Then I'm going to go to mine. Okay. That, how sad is that? You actually have to go to my website to see yours. Is that a lady? Oh, he does. He does look like look like the cowardly lion. You're really right about that. Yeah, you nailed that. Yeah. No. He yesterday was the whole thing of like he wants to be buried in some all black cemetery. That's that's the is way. Is there that, such a place? I I don't know. I don't know if he was like if it was like in some dog the bounty hunter like fantasy world or something. But he's like, and I and I want them to say, and he he was he was he was always talking like, I don't want your life. <laughs> I don't know how I don't I don't know how he talks. He um he was he was then simulating this whole conversation between like in the future, like in the world of tomorrow. He was there would be like a black child with you know the black parent, and he was then acting out this theoretical conversation that would happen in the future, where the black child would go. 
Mama, why is there a white man buried here? And then the, and then the black parent would say, this is, this is what he said. Sit there and eat them flapjacks. <laughs> you cracker. <laughs> he, he, was, he had this, this is the dog that Bounty had a dream. He's like, I have a dream. He, he wants to be buried in this all-black cemetery because in the future, he wants there to be a day when a black child says, Mama, why is there a white man buried here? And then the black parent says, that white man made a terrible mistake. So apparently, and I think Jim made this observation yesterday, <laughs> apparently Dog has revealed that he believes it to be a punishment then to be buried in the all-black cemetery. Apparently that's <gasps> that's how it's kind of working in his oh, head. Oh, God. I mean... He is the stupidest thing ever. How else do you interpret that statement that the only way he can make this right is to be buried with a bunch of black people? I mean... How else does one interpret that except that he somehow views it as a punishment that he will be surrounded by black folk the rest of his life? Actually, come to think of it, that might be a nice punishment for him because that's going to be an unpleasant. That's going to be a bad way for him to spend the for him to spend the rest of time. Jesus, that might end up working out badly for him. I think at this point. I think at this week you, this week you do that. You 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 put him in a room like with God. Just just that the the, the girlfriend of that of his son. You could tell she just wanted to claw his eyes out. A perfectly understandable reaction. That's a reality show I would watch. That's a reality show I would watch. You just put him in a room and have him continually try to explain his way out of it, just digging himself out. Just, God. All right. There you go. He, he did finish the seventh grade, though. That ain't bad. He, <laughs> he felt like he was walking to the electric chair. God. All right. Well, okay. There's just really nowhere to go from there. No. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It sounds like a dog is angling for Bernie's spot on the uh, I'm <laughs> On the show. IMS program. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, uh, uh, you know, you were talking about uh, you don't think it would be illegal to uh, make your own gen cam and then sell it. Except for the fact that it sounds like it'll just kill people, so I think it would be illegal for you to do that. Yeah, but you can sell all kinds of things. Look, I could, uh, you know, I could, I, look, if I sold you, um, I'm trying to think of the most innocuous thing on earth. I mean, really, if I just sold you a package full of cotton balls, theoretically, you could kill yourself with those. You just jammed them up your nostrils and down your lungs. That's true. So, but hey, I, I see in the future, though, uh, Intercom, some inter stupid Intercom DJ doing a morning show, make your own Gen Com and try to do it. Hey. And then them killing off more people. There you go. That's a fantastic. I'll pass that along. I'll give it to Jeff McGinley the next time I see him. Yeah, do it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye now. All right. Good God Almighty. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, I had something else here a minute ago. Wait a minute. Uh Uh-huh. You know who's going to be released from prison tomorrow? Arthur Bremer. Anybody know who he is? He is the man who shot Alabama Governor George George Wallace in 1972. Yeah. And he's only 57 years old. He served 35 years of a 53-year sentence. Uh, word of his release comes in the form of an email from the state's automated victim notification system. Uh, Wallace's family members in Montgomery, Alabama, said today they have not yet been notified. George Wallace abandoned his bid for the Democratic presidential nomination after he was shot and paralyzed by Bremer in May 1972 in Maryland. Now, why did why did he get shot? I With, can't remember. Is this? But this isn't this isn't I because get, of his nutcase segregation thing. Hmm. Was it just? Wasn't it just because the guy was crazy? I suppose so. I don't know. I can't can't keep track. Of I can't keep track of all these killers. Yeah. <laughs> these killers and bigots. Jody Foster was involved in this. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, back to more politics now. He's doing it to impress Minnie Pearl. Yes. Uh, candidate John McCain made a special visit to Grand Rapids yesterday, and why wouldn't he? He was joined by a former rival, Kansas Senator Sam Brownback, lent his support to the Arizona Senator. Mm-hmm. Aviation is a big deal this year in the Congress because we are rewriting like the laws that govern commercial aviation and also general aviation. And uh, there's been a lot of dispute about various parts of the bills. So uh, he quit the race. Apparently, no one was paying him no mind. This is Sam, Brown, Sam Brownback endorsing who? John McCain. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. talking to Constantini about that earlier. That's just, I mean, really, I mean, that actually is so little momentum, it can't even be, I mean, it can't even be calculated. It doesn't even chart. Okay, now I'm obsessed with finding this other dog, the bounty hunter sound. I think it was on Hannity, but I'm not sure. All right, here's Tim Riley. The Reagan Presidential Library and Museum cannot find tens of thousands of valuable mementos from the Reagan years. An audit concludes that the uh, library in Simi Valley is unable to properly account for more than 80,000 objects out of a collection of 100,000. The audit is connected with an investigation into allegations that a former employee stole from Reagan's collection of gifts from foreign leaders and dignitaries. There's some sloppy record-keeping going on, too. Uh, part of the problem is due to a lack of supervision and a near-universal security breakdown that left the mementos vulnerable to pilfering. Uh, when auditors tried to uh, locate a sample of 21 items from a larger list of high-value objects, one vase was missing, even though library records indicated it was accounted for. Uh, they also found nine of 26 items in two unpacked boxes that had gone missing. Some of the items unaccountable include pieces of a large collection, uh, some of them belt buckles given to Reagan over the years. So Reagan's missing belt buckles are out there. There so. does seem like a really obvious joke here somewhere about the Reagan Foundation misplacing any number of things and not being able to remember where stuff is. Uh-huh. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, about um, dogs getting buried with uh, black people. Getting buried. Yeah. <laughs> getting done Sorry. buried, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole story was he, want, he went to George Washington's grave. To who? And George Washington, our founding father. Yes. And his the slaves are buried with him, and that's what he decided he wanted to be buried with them. He wants. He to be wants buried to be with buried with, with slaves. slaves. I don't really George know Washington, that. Washington then. I don't. But dog wants to be buried with slaves too. I don't really know that George this is Washington. helping him out. Well, I'm confused. All they, I know is the excerpts that I heard uh, yesterday afternoon. Please to explain. And I'm not asking you to compare yourself to Dog the Bounty Hunter. But to the best of your abilities, please to reconstruct his logic or desires, because it really is escaping me at this point. I have no idea. Okay, so because I didn't see it, I, again, I only heard the excerpts. So, Dog, I can't believe we're spending this much time. Bite man. Idiot. <laughs> um, do you say Dog Bites Man or Dog White Man? No, Bite White Man. Oh, okay. Um, so, he wants to be buried... Where and why, as you understand it? Okay, last night on the Marconi show, it was he was on a tour of where George Washington's buried. Yes. And they were talking about how none of the slaves had grave markers and their feet were pointed to the Potomac so that they'd go back to Africa after they died. That's what that's what their beliefs were. So Don decided he wants to be buried with them. That was according to the Marconi show last night. So I'm unclear about this, though. Now, but are they buried with George Washington? Yes. Like, and when you say with George Washington, you mean in, like, just the same general area? Yeah, same general area. Well, but that's they're... surprising, because I sort of thought that, like, I thought that the cemeteries at that point would have been segregated. 
I have no idea. This is Marconi. I, guess... I don't know. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess we are going to get like ninth hand. Realize what we've got now. We've now got Dog the Bounty Hunter filtered through Sean Hannity, filtered through Marconi to you, to us. And I'm like demanding that you give greater clarity to the issue. Ex explain yourself. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right, I'm done. I don't, you know what? And the YouTube thing is loading really quickly. I think we're going to be done with Do as as is the entire world. I believe we'll be done with Dog the Bounty Hunter now. All right, and we're done. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, my father George Washington the Memorial Park Cemetery in Coshocton, Pennsylvania. So there's more than one. The only time I want to see that guy is if they give some reality show to him where it's Dog the Bounty Hunter living with a whole bunch of Black Panthers. That's all I want to see. No, they should totally have him being hunted and call it Dog the Bounty Hunter becomes the hunted. Hey, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. The hunter about. becomes the hunted. There like a go. little most dangerous game thing. I'm a big fan of that idea. Excellent. All right. There's another George Washington Cemetery in Jersey. If he makes it out alive, he can have his TV show back. There's what? Another George Washington Cemetery in New Jersey. Is he buried in multiple parts? I guess so. Okay. Mother <laughs> slept and died in numerous places. Fighting, fighting over his remains. Uh, uh, what a weird country we live in. All right, here's Tim Riley. So anyway, we'll get back to that a little bit later. Okay. Can we, please? Um, yeah, I'm trying to find all the uh, the people who are buried there. Here on KCMD Portland? Yes. Uh, wait, I just found the most station. depressing picture about that strike. Uh, the writer's strike? Yeah. Oh, I got more than that in a minute. What? What is it? One of the head writers of Lost holding the Writers Guild of America strike sign saying, don't you want to know what the island is? Oh, but see, but that, but see, that's not going to help their cause. It's taunting. I'm, I just wrote an angry blog about it. I'm pissed. Like, F you, writer guy. Like, don't you want to know what the island is? With a bunch of question marks that says Lost underneath it. I'm like, oh, I hate you, you yeah. ass. Well, that, you know, the only thing I actually had this thought. The... It, uh, for a minute, I was like, well, what could the writers guys do to really bring their point into stark relief? Because I think if you ask the average American, I'm not saying this is the case, but if you ask the average American, hey, what's the writer's strike all about? The average American, who just, you know, has better things to do than following the nuances of writer's guild negotiations, will just say, well, they want more money. And really, it's not that. I mean, I do see their point that if the, the studio's making money on DVDs, and if the studio's making money on the Internet, the writers want a little piece of that. That's fine. But they're not really making their case very well known. So I was thinking, well, what could they do to sort of illustrate the point? Um, and, you know, two things. Here's what's not going to work. I had this idea, well, maybe they could actually show the next season of Lost in script form, but, like, in some boxes and, like, holding it hostage. But then I thought, well, that's, cool. see, but that's just going to piss people off. So here's what they ought to do, because some of the guys who write on The Office. What put, exactly is the strike? Can you explain that really quick before you? Because the studios sell the shows online, okay. but the writers don't get any money from that. Okay, so the big corporations are making all of this money off of them. In the yeah, like, uh, you know, like Lost. You can buy Lost on, on the iTunes store to mm -hmm. watch it on your iPod. And the studio makes all that money. Like if, like if you sell Lost, I'm sorry, take a, let's take another example. If you, t uh, well, like Lost, actually, we'll just use that one. <laughs> let's just use that one since it's your show. Something like Lost, Lost. <laughs> when they sell Lost on DVD, the writers get a little piece of that. Mm -hmm. When they sell it on the iTunes store, where they now sell millions of those, the writers get nothing. And the writers are like, well, look, we signed our contract before the iTunes store and that stuff even existed. So it seems like we ought to be able to renegotiate now that there's this whole new way for you to make money. We just want a little percent, just like we get from DVDs, which is a totally fair point. Mm -hmm. But the average American isn't following the story well enough to know that. The average American is like, they want more money. So here's what the – I've decided this, and I'm going to give this idea to the Writers Guild for free. Here's what the Writers Guild needs to do, because uh, The Office is the first show being affected, and The Office is – I mean, those are funny, talented guys. See, here's what they ought to do. Because Steve Carell is also a writer. He's also on strike. He won't cross the picket line. So what they ought to do is this. 
they ought to film and act out a faux episode of The Office. But the deal is... They ought to create an office allegory for YouTube, where the guys are all working there, and Dwayne and all those guys are working in the office, and where Michael, the Steve Carell boss, comes in and says, hey, so Dunder, Mif Dunder Mifflin or whatever the company is, hey, we have this uh, great new mechanism that's going to allow us to sell us a lot more paper. The company is going to be making 300% more money, and it's really going to benefit everybody at the company. And, uh, you know, so your work is really going to enable the bosses to make more money. And so, you know, to bring a brand new paper distribution method. And then he turns to leave, and then the guys in the office say, "Well, wait, hold. now are we going to get a little, are we going to get a little some royalties from that? No, no, that's all going to go to the uh, that's all going to go to the owner. And then every, and then so it would, in other words, they they write a little office like sketch, in which the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company is trying to screw the people in the office out of four percent, even though Dunder Mifflin has this whole new way to make money. And then you put that on YouTube, and you say, and that's how you explain it. You say that's what's happening with the writers." So if you were to depict them, and those guys are talented enough writers, they could do that. Mm -hmm. You write a little five-minute office sketch that is clearly an allegory for how the writers are being screwed. But you put it in terms of the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Because that would be funny. It would be watched. It would be one of those viral things that everybody talks about. And it would get people on the side of the writers. Because right now, everybody's just like you. Everybody's just like, F you. You're a writer. You make a lot of money. I want my stupid show back on the air. Mm hmm and, so, and the thing is, it's not affecting me right now, but I saw an interview today with Sean Ryan, who is the showrunner, executive producer, and head writer for The Shield. And he's talking about... Yeah, you're screwed. The... You'll start caring oh. when somebody has a taunting sign for you. Oh, no, he's starting to push The Shield back, and that can't happen. Okay? That cannot happen. Yeah, I, I will not allow four it. months ago, and I've been waiting for February uh, since then. I will not allow The Shield to be pushed back. I will take matters into my own hands. Do you think that they're actually going to get more money? Or get that? I don't know. I don't know, man. It, 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 I have no idea, but I will tell you this, that every week that they put off settling this is another week that viewers are going to start gravitating towards some reality crap, or they're just going to be watching DVDs. So, I mean, I sympathize with the writers. I really do. But I'm just saying the American public is fickle, and they will go elsewhere. So that's, I don't know, it's, it's a lose, 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 lose. Here's Tim Riley. So, original episode to The Office will stop broadcasting after the November 15th show. So, you only have, what, one more? Other television programs, including Law & Order Special Victims Unit on NBC, were wrapping up production yesterday. They ran out of fresh scripts for that, and the cast and crew of Desperate Housewives are expected to stop filming by tomorrow. Six other comedies, including Two and a Half Men, The New Adventures of Old Christine, both on CBS have ceased production this week. But unlike The Office, they and most other primetime scripted shows have several weeks or months of scripts already filmed and waiting to be shown. Uh, let's see. Several of the writers and actors on The Office expressed their complaints in a video posted on YouTube. We'll have to go looking for that. Yeah, no, they, but they just did it as themselves. I think, I think they just did it as, as the writers. I don't think they did it as like a scripted thing. On the picket line yesterday morning outside of Disney headquarters in Burbank, uh, showrunners from at least 30 scripted television series, including Lost Desperate Housewives. So my name is Earl. Uh, join members of the Screen Actors Guild and other striking writers. Some other shows, like, uh, and we talked about the Sean Ryan of The Shield on FX and the unit on CBS have insisted they cannot perform any of their editing duties uh, while on uh, site see, as a writer. That's why it has to be ended, because the fear is right here in this room. Mm -hmm. Taking the shield away from me. Yes. That's, I won't have it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tim. Hello. Hello. Hey, brilliant idea about the office, first of all. Um, that would be fantastic. I'm going to give that idea to Rachel McGrath today. We'll see if she, uh, if she <laughs> yeah, just she'll think it's genius. spits on it. You know. That's great. Sure Let me some... stomp on it. 
Make sure you get a contract for some royalties on that. <laughs> totally, yeah. Demand 4%. But, hey, a uh, quick thing about the dog. Uh, the reason he wanted to be buried there was at Mount Vernon, actually. And I don't think George Washington is buried there, but his slaves are, as that guy said. And so, yeah, he thought, and he found out that none of the graves were marked. None of them have markers. None of them have right. names. Yeah. And so, he, so again, you know, with his, with his uh, thinking, he thought, well, that would be, you know, that would be my way of, of making this right with black people is I'll be in an unmarked grave with other black people with unmarked graves. You know, it makes no sense whatsoever. No, it, it, that just to makes anybody. Like in, in, his, in his tiny little brain, you can see that I, I, maybe he's trying to think his way out of it with something that he thinks is going to sound good yeah, exactly. on television. But here's right. the thing, no, and, and, and I'm speaking now directly to you, uh, idiot dog, the bounty hunter. No rich white guy ever ingratiated himself with the uh, minority community by equating himself with a slave. Right. All right? right? So why don't you just compare yourself to Rosa Parks while you're at it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. God. Well, and he says he's actually working on, you know, working with the the, uh, the, the curators of this area or whatever it is, oh, uh, working to work a deal where he will be buried there. And that's never going to happen either. You know? <laughs> that's just not going to happen. It's just sad. You know, he ought to just, here's what he ought to elect. Here's, you know how he could make it right? I'm telling you right now. Okay. He ought to just give himself up for a savage beating. Just say, look, here's the thing. For the next uh, three Mondays, between the hours of 4 and 6 p.m., I will be standing on the following corners in the following cities. You may come by, anyone, black, white, gay, straight, Jew, or Gentile, you may come by and beat me savagely for about 35 seconds each. You know what I mean? The line starts forming at 3, the beating commences at 4, the beating is over at 6. He will do that for three consecutive Mondays. You may savagely beat Dog the Bounty Hunter. No foreign objects, but you may use a closed fist for 35 seconds each, for two hours each Monday, for three Mondays. Then we'll call it even. I'd buy a ticket. Dude, I would pay to do that right now. Excellent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Best show ever. Bye now. All right. I'm full of good ideas today. <laughs> All right. What with the savage beating and the so forth, here's Tim Riley. What do you think about that? Well, for the first time, Congress has overridden a veto by the uh, president. On this vote, the yeas are 79, the nays are 14, two-thirds of the senators voting. Having voted in the affirmative, the bill on reconsideration is passed. The objections of the President of the United States to the contrary notwithstanding. But it's nothing anybody cares about. It's water projects. I'm really excited about that. Looks like Rosie O'Donnell's television comeback will have to wait. The New York Times had reported that the former View co-host was in talks to host a primetime MSNBC program. Or whatever channel that's on now, if you can find it. Uh, now, according to her blog quote, there is no deal, and her career as a pundit is over. Did you read the uh, the blog entry? I did. It's written in, like, retarded haiku. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's Maybe she graduated from seventh grade. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know that she was doing a whole lot of acting in that Riding the Bus movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> her uh, Today Show co-anchor friend, Meredith Vieira, who used to co-host The View, says, either way, O'Donnell will be back on television. I'm sure she's going to land somewhere, and she... She, um, I know out, that Rosie's she's landing looking for a possible platform, particularly with the political year coming up. And, um, you know, I think she's popular. She has a lot to say. Uh -huh. Well, Lifetime premieres a new mystery movie entitled It Was One of Us. The film follows five college roommates who gather years later for a weekend reunion to decide to reveal a deep personal secret about each other. It co-stars Elijah Donovan. And uh, she says, uh, the movie is a, rem a reminder... The bond of sisterhood. There's a lot of girl power in this film. Oh, really God. Girl power. And our director, Nels Cavell, is a uh, writer, uh, sorry, is, is a woman as well. 
And so um, she, we really, really had each other's backs. Yes, the movie is a reminder that good people sometimes do bad things. It's about forgiveness, really, and how everyone... It's about does, talking out of your nose. You know, all sorts of betrayals in life, small and large, and... And ending all your sentences you with an upward inflection. Ultimately, you have to, you know, you have to deal with the consequences. Of what? And, <laughs> nothing. We're done. <laughs> Apparently, we're I wonder what their secret is. Aren't you intrigued? Uh, it's yeah. always incest. They all share incest? Yes. Sexy incest. I don't know. They, isn't it always in, in every movie like this where it's like a family is torn apart by a secret? The secret is always incest. Jump to the end. It, that's like a bad Paul Harvey, you know, no, the rest or of the story. Crushes. Or a lesbian crush or a hit and run. <gasps> yes, or a party where um, there's supposed to be six friends and now only five of them are reuniting and all of them know the tragic way in which the sixth friend died. Yeah. Because maybe she drank a little too much and they made it seem like an accident, but really they made her drink. Or something like that. <laughs> that was creepy. That was creepy the way you kind of had all the details uh, just at, at, at your fingertips there inside your brain. Former sorority sister Sarah Dillon. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to share with us? No. Anything that I could get up your chest? Did you once hit a man in Dearborn, Michigan? <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How's everybody doing today? Fine uh, and dandy. What a fantastic program this it is. It just keeps getting better and better. I uh, I don't even know where to go. So we got all this news. I got all these calls. Yeah. We got the top five zombie songs to do. Mm-hmm. I got these kiss liners. Uh, we got to have the audience help us with, and 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 y'all, and then uh, what? Are we? we got this worst song you've ever heard. We got Rachel McGrath coming up. Jesus. Um, well, let's do one more story here, mm-hmm. and then what do we? What, 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 Sarah, what do we do next? What are we going to do after that? What shall we do? Oh, we're still doing news. Well, we got more news. I'm just. Uh, I we just can do other things. Well, I just don't know, but I need you guys' help on other things as well. What time are we having Rachel McGrath? <sighs> Two. Here's what we got. We got more news. We got calls. We got the worst song you've ever heard. We got these kiss liners to work on. Um, what else? Well, maybe that is it. Well, okay. Well, well that's enough. Plunge on ahead. Here's Tim Riley. I had a Britney story here too. Really? Mm-hmm. Do we have the time for a Britney? Watch? I believe so. God yes. Bless this country. Federalized attorney is complaining that Brittany repeatedly fails to respond to calls for court-ordered drug tests. Federalized attorney has told the Superior Court Commissioner that there have been 14 laboratory tests for drug testing, and Brittany failed to respond to eight of them. <laughs> so fewer than half. Yes. She's done fewer than half of these. Now, is this because, let me ask you this, do you think it's because, A, she knows she can't pass, B, she's just stupid and lazy, or C, she's failing to show up because she is, in fact, high and loses track of time. All of the above? Yeah. Or D, or D, yes, all of this. Uh, Brittany's lawyer said the previous court order was unconstitutional, and Spears didn't respond to the lab phone calls within an hour, as ordered by the court because she was sleeping. Uh, she has instead asked that Spears be given six hours to respond to the laboratory phone request. The commissioner said that time wasn't the problem, noting Spears has lost telephone numbers and changed her telephone numbers 
over and over again. He suggested Spears get a separate cell phone for laboratory-only calls. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'll happen. All right. So there, Oh, and as we reported yesterday, two things. A, she did, in fact, get denied the number one spot in the Billboard charts. The Eagles took number yeah. one. So Britney, I believe, for the first time since that first record of hers, has been denied a number one debut. That re- you know, and, and, her it, new album sounds like sounds like Justin Timberlake's album. Only they took Timberlake out of it and put Britney in. I would say that. I would also know that her new album sounds a lot like the Paris Hilton album, which came out uh, last year. And yes, I did issue corporate crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's our slogan here: the same standard issue corporate crap. Uh, I should also note that, yes, I did sit and listen to the Britney Spears album front to back so I could make an informed uh, judgment. And, yes, it is largely terrible and forgettable. So, uh, yeah, so she didn't get the number one slot. And if it didn't happen this week, it's not going to happen next week because those things never – sales never increase. They only decrease. Yes. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of graying, ponytailed baby boomers out there that are going to buy that Eagles crap over and over again. Uh, so, so, so that didn't happen. What else is going wrong in her life? As reported on this program yesterday, she does have to pay all of Kevin Federline's legal bills. So, uh, eat that. Like $160,000 she has to pay. Because he has... How bad a parent does she have to be when she's having to pay all of his legal bills because, as the court said in its filing, he has, quote, no income. I mean, when is the last time a father got custody of any kids, much less a father who has been judged by the court to have no income? Good God. All right, so there you go. There's uh, your Britney watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Nickel Arcade here. By the way, if you want to see the video for this, uh, it's at Rick. Em- well, I don't know if it's at my MySpace anymore. I'll put, I'll put it on my website. Yeah, they, 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 the it's kids in Nickel Arcade. On a budget of like $4. It's great. It's like the most ghetto video you've ever seen in your life. It is just like, so it's done for like a dollar and ten cents. Oh. So, <clears throat> if you uh, you go to, um, I believe, Sarah's, yeah, if you're going to put it at sarahexillin.com. Yeah, <coughs> Sarah, oh. I got a whole thing in my throat Ew. there. Are you using your gross. I am. I just pressed it. <clears throat> I guess not. Maybe not. Maybe not that time. There. Well, that doesn't really work anyway. The point is, uh, Nickel Arcade's got a great video uh, for the, uh, the, the, the. I hope there's vodka and everything. So here's what we'll do. We'll do a few more news stories here. Then I will uh, take these calls. Then we'll play. It's the worst song you've ever heard, courtesy of Metallica. Uh, and then we'll come back. Bottom of the hour, more Tim. Then we'll do the top five zombie songs. Do this kiss thing and so forth. Uh, here is Tim Riley. The ex-wife of Paul McCartney is reportedly none too pleased that he appears to be dating again. According to the Mirror, Heather Mills screamed at her estranged husband on the phone saying, (laughs) quote, Why didn't you tell me? Well, you think that he would have changed his phone number by now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Publicly, Mills told reporters that 65-year-old McCartney could do whatever he wants, adding that he told her that he and 47-year-old Sewell, uh, Nancy Sewell, it's his new lady friend, are just friends, Photos of the rumored couple uh, show them kissing in a car, walking along a beach on Long Island, and sharing a coffee break. Boy, Heather Mills is... Paul McCartney is probably regretting that like he has never regretted anything in his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happens, you know, because he was with Linda McCartney. I mean, it's a very famous storied rock and roll marriage that they were never apart in like 22 years or something. She dies, and of course he marries the hot young blonde who turns out to be, wait for it, crazy, which we all saw coming. So. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, on the office, they uh, they already did an allegory like that this year, where they they uh, Josh was the young up and comer guy. Uh huh. Um, he started the internet, and they were selling paper over the internet. And Dwight had to fight the uh, had to sell more than the internet. Did. Well, I saw that episode where they had the automated selling program, and that yeah, Dwight like buckled down for the whole day to impress that woman by trying to sell more paper than the machine did, which was great. That was a great episode. Uh, right. Because right. because what's it uh, the, the you know the uh, Jim and what's her name were were talking back and forth to him on instant messenger making him think the computer had self awareness. Right. <laughs> it's fantastic. That show really is great. What is the what is the blonde girl's what is the character's name on that show? It's, Which uh, the the receptionist? Jim. Or the yeah. What is the receptionist's name? Is it Pam or is it Pam in the British version? Maybe it's Pam in both versions. Pam in this version. All right, yeah, she is just gorgeous. That that girl who plays Pam on the American Office, she is beautiful. I mean, I know that you know women on television are typically attractive, but she is. There's really something special about her. Oh, She's, Jenna Fisher is that her name? Is that her name? She yeah. plays the you know the, the the Jim's love interest or kind of on again off again on the yep. Office. She is really truly beautiful. A truly beautiful girl. So. Naked pictures of her if you look hard. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said there's naked pictures of her if you search hard on the Internet. Search hard on the Internet. <laughs> I'm sure that's a play on words. Unintentionally done. All right, thank you. Bye now. Yes, sir. I'll go search hard on the Internet tonight for pictures of Jenna Fisher. Okay, yeah, that is her name. There's pictures of... Never mind. Gotta stop. I'm just going to leave it at that, searching hard on the Internet. Here's Tim Riley. More Americans oppose the Iraq war now more than ever, according to a new poll by CNN. The survey said that nearly 7 in 10 people, 68% for an all-time high, opposed the war with only 3 in 10 approving of the conflict. The poll also shows one-fourth of Americans think the U.S. is winning the Iraq war. Asked about possible military intervention in Iran, nearly three-quarters of the respondents, 73%, say they're opposed to using ground forces involving Iran. In addition, 63% say they're against American airstrikes and Iranian targets. The Bush administration is apparently mulling some sort of action against Iran. How about sending in some of those helicopters? They're very effective there. Uh, although the White House officially denies that they're planning to do that. Okay, here's another way that Dog the Bounty Hunter can redeem himself. Why don't we just find our enemy in Iran? Is it, what's his name? Jad? Yep. Just send the Dog the Bounty Hunter guy in to get him. That's what we got to do. That's how he can pay his debt to society. That's a good idea. Look at me. I am an idea fountain today. today. I am a golden fountain of ideas. Mm, must have been in that pizza pot. It's, there's something, yeah, there's oh, something that in that. Oh, so good. We had a, uh, and this is not done for purposes of consideration, incidentally. We should say that this is not being done in exchange for anything. And this is uh, simply and solely uh, our thanks to uh, you know, some uh, listener dropped off a little, uh, little something. A guy named Ken dropped off a little bit of little, little food for us. Something that all the teens like. Yes, and we did not know that that, that was... Some of the most amazing pizza I've had in a long time. I don't even time. know where it's from. I couldn't pimp the place if I tried. Mm -hmm. I don't know the name of the place. Guy Ken dropped off some food because uh, he was a big fan of the Roger Klein uh, interview we did yesterday. So, I, uh, yeah, we did not ask for that, and we are not giving uh, advertisements or consideration for that. So, But, but uh, thank you, Thank sir. you. It was mm. very, very good. So... Uh, what was my point? Oh, yeah, so that's the other way that Dog the Bounty Hunter can earn his keep here in this America. Um, he can, uh, he can, go, every time we identify some enemy of, of the American way, he can just go off and he can take care of that by himself. You get him and Jesse Ventura and a couple of the guys. And, and what about some of those country music And guys? a machete. And Toby Keith. He can take Toby Keith and Daryl Worley with him as well. Just get them and a machete. Machete. Uh, machete, and he can, uh, you know, jump off a plane and take care of that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. 
just a writer strike. Would it be a great premise for Remote Control 2? I'm sorry? Oh, yes, the, uh, the yeah, Remote Control 2, Remote Control Harder. Remote Controller. I'm sorry, I was making a stupid pun there. I'm sorry, I got nothing. Sorry, thanks. I'm I out. think you've peeked at your ideas now. <laughs> I'm out. Sorry, my creativity uh, the bank is zero. I know you're zero. trying to do Die Harder. You can't do that with a remote control. You know, Kevin Smith already beat me to it, though, because he has that an evening with Kevin Smith 2, evening harder. You know, so it's a, it's a, he's already, yeah, he's beaten me to that. Let's do one more, Tim, and then we'll play this terrible song from Metallica. So now there's been another attack on the Max, but uh, nowhere where they put cops. So now if you want to get attacked, uh, let's see, hop aboard around the Lloyd Center, because that's where the latest one was. I do wish to be attacked, so. Well, hop aboard at the Lloyd Center. There are plenty of troublemakers there. Uh, Wes Dennison and his girlfriend say they were attacked and beaten by a group of girls. Uh, eight females boarded the Max train and were talking loudly about how much they hate white people. <laughs> what? Hold on. I wasn't even... I missed about a sentence there because a thing. I got an email that said, hot girl from the office, so I immediately clicked to see if there were nude pictures. It's Pam in the British version. No, no, no. I was right, though. It's Pam in the British version. She's also hot as balls, by the way. She's in Shaun of the Dead, too. Uh, Pam is in the British version. In the English, in the American version, it's Dawn. Oh. I think. I think that's... Or maybe I've got to admit it's Pam and Dawn. Well, All right. are you talking about the American or the... British well, they're one? both hot. Uh, the American girl is very hot, though. Yes. I think it's Pam in the That's British version, Fisher. and it's Dawn here, I think, in, in the As American version. As in the dishwashing version. detergent. It doesn't really matter. They're both <laughs> gorgeous. Yes. Okay, so who hates white people? Uh, apparently these eight girls who boarded the Max train talking loudly about how they hate white people. So this fellow, Wes Dennison... Asked the girls to be quiet, and that's when the attack began. His girlfriend tried to help, but she was beaten up by these uh, these eight uh, girls. Uh, let's see. They drugged me up in front of a car and started kicking me, kneading, kneading me, and punching me, said Dennis. Then they hit us, kicked us, and one of them bit me. They bit her? It was captured on a security camera, so it's just a matter of time before oh, we see it. This is how the zombie menace yet. spreads, by the way. It starts with a bite on a Max train. The next thing you know, everybody's walking around with milky eyes eating your feet. Mm. All right. Uh, Rick, Jenna Fisher is indeed one of the hottest women on TV. The reason she stands out is because the dress, uh, they dress her fairly doubtily on the office, and she's not all dull, uh, dolled up like most TV women. You know, she probably just rolls out of bed looking like that and doesn't get her beauty from the hair and makeup department. She even makes the name Pam attractive. Pam. Yeah, okay, so it's Pam in America, Dawn in Britain. Um, so, yeah, she's beautiful, and it, it is, again, she just very, I don't mean to sound like I'm being all stocky about it, but it, he nailed it, though, that she is very naturally attractive, and it doesn't come out of a jar. Uh, you know, they don't shellack her with makeup or anything. So, anyway, excellent. So, did you say there's nude photos of Jenna Fisher? That's what the caller said. Really? Yeah. Oh, that wasn't what you were nodding at me about a minute ago? Oh, you were just verifying no, well, have her you, name. Have you seen Blades of Glory? No. Oh, because she's in that, and there's a couple scenes of her in lingerie. I almost don't want to see that, and I know that makes me sound like less of a man, but it's just on the office. She's just so legitimately just, like, sweet and wonderful. No, she plays I... a sweet character in there. Really? Yeah, she's, uh, her brother's Will Arnett. It, 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 it's like I almost don't want to see her nuded up in some magazine somewhere, though. Yeah, you know? she's, she's not naked in this one. It's just, like, really, it's classy lingerie. Hmm. It's classy. It's tasteful. It's tasteful. It's covered in sequins. It's classy. Speaking of classy, oh, I shouldn't even say it. Never mind. We want to hear something classy. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let's. Who? Well, this isn't classy. This is terrible, though. Who wants to hear something terrible? I suppose. Okay. This is courtesy of Dan Bozik uh, at oh, uh, Rock okay. 101 KUFO, and Bozik is also the one who hooked us up with the uh, the Don't Tase Me Bro ELO oh, yeah, thing, yeah. which I am going to edit down and do a taser watch. So I walked into now his office is right by Court and Fat Boy and Becca from KUFO Promotions, and so I spend a lot of time in there just. 
trying to avoid actual work. And I was in there talking to Gordon Fatboy the other day, and I heard the worst thing coming out of Bozick's office. And Pardon me? I had a little cough Ooh. there. <laughs> what was that? That, that was, was the worst cough. thing I've heard today. I had a cough. Okay. It didn't sound like a cough. Well, it was a cough that got caught on my nose. Ew. <sighs> God, it's just gross in here. It breaks like an... I dusted everything off. Well, I, I did. It's like, I don't know if it's an allergy or if it's like a head cold thing or whatever. But... Okay, well, I'm giving you a wipe and don't touch anything. Sexy. <laughs> Please give me a wipe, Sarah. Come on, love, give us a wipe. I fancy a wipe, Sarah. <laughs> Ew, stop saying that. Here you go. Please, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I used to land on the... Now it's covered in cat hair. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer. And I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> All right. Um, this porridge is too hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I heard this song coming out of Bozick's office. I'm like, what, what, what is that? What are you listening to? And he goes, it's Metallica, dude. And I said, no, really, who is it? And he goes, no, it's awful, isn't it? And I said, yeah. And uh, I said, that's terrible. And he goes, yeah, it's Metallica. It's terrible. And, and I said, what, where? Why? Where is this from? Now, what I'm about to play you, and it's true. I have to. The song you are about to hear is true. <laughs> it's true. I have to just give you a little bit of background. And again, I am, I am so far beyond defending Metallica. It's just that time has passed. There was a time, as you know, when I would have gone my whole. No, no, no. They used to be cool, but you know, whatever. I mean, you know, uh, if you were a Metallica fan growing up, or maybe now if you listen to their old stuff, and you, if somehow, like, you're, if you're like a 16-year-old kid now, and you stumble, like, into your dad's record collection, and you happen to find Master of Puppets, and you've never heard anything else by Metallica, if you've been magically shielded from everything they've done in the last 15 years, you might still be able to listen to them and go, yeah, these guys are pretty great. I have moved on from that point. Metallica has just, they have managed to render themselves completely and totally pointless and irrelevant to me, which I never thought would happen. So, I'm not even going to give any sort of backstory about it. You know, they used to be great. It's just, this is a real song. Now, this is a cover uh, as as performed by Metallica. By the way, as you listen to the song, realize that this song is, Bozick said, yeah, this is for sale at their iTunes store. You can buy this. Because that's what we'd all want to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you, I swear to God, I give you Metallica. For the love of God. It's completing their transformation into a bad... Bad lounge band. Really? No, you can't appreciate Only happy when it rains. You know I love it when Why it feels so good to feel so sad. Only happy when it rains. Why would they do this? Uh, 
he can at least try to stay on key. Only happy when it rains. Feeling good when things are going wrong. I mean, only listen to the sad, sad songs. Only happy when it rains. It's like I expect them to all stand up and start dancing, like and kicking their legs in synchronicity. I think the guitar is out of tune. I only smile in the dark. <laughs> only comfort is the night going black. Black. Didn't accidentally tell you that. I'm only happy when You know what I want to do more than anything? Apart from jabbing out my ears with something sure? sharp. This is, this is real? You can buy this at their uh, website, Sarah. You can buy this for $3. Woo! I think if you make $5, you can watch them singing it. You know, if you're going to cover something, shouldn't you make sure your vocal range covers it? Yeah, and that your guitar is in tune. Really, what I want to do more than anything... Here's the thing. Farnsworth style, I am going to pour all of my intellect and resources. I'm going to recruit a team of scientists. And what we're going to do is we're going to travel back in time to 1987, and I'm going to play this for James Hetfield. I'm going to go play this for the real James Hetfield, who I think is banished somewhere. The real James Hetfield is in a pod underneath a bed. <laughs> and I'm going to go play this for the real James Hetfield. And I'm going to say, look... At some point, there's going to be an imposter who attempts to take over your body. You have to stop him, because if you don't, this is what you'll sound like in 2007. And I know that I am now speaking solely to the Metallica faithful, but can you imagine? Oh, yeah, make sure you have an out-of-tune backup singer as well. Can you imagine what the 1987 James Hetfield would say about this? Somebody owns, owns Trey Parker, 18 cents. All right, back after this, kids, the Rick Emerson Show. Tim Riley continues. We'll have the top five zombie songs, and uh, you'll help us create some liners for Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Stay there. and somewhat new drug is causing police to send a warning to local parents. Police say kids are getting high off a drug called Jankum. WSBT's Kelly Cheatham is here. And Kelly, it isn't here yet, but police think it could be soon. Well, Kirk, they want parents to be on the lookout for the drug. It's made of fermented feces and urine. Police say it's a fad they haven't seen in our area, but they're hearing about it from other law enforcement agencies, and it could come here. It starts as an attempt to get high. It's basically uh, someone taking raw sewage and letting it ferment, and then there's a gas that expels off of that, and they inhale that gas. That gas causes hallucinations. But the typical hallucinogen uh, will uh, give you a sense of euphoria, 
uh, and uh, and a heightened sense of your awareness, uh, things around you. That's what that's what the rush is. Um, but then it's followed by sedation. Even though doctors and police say they haven't seen any local cases of people who have taken Jankum, they say they do see quite a few young adult males at the emergency room who have taken hallucinogens. They say depending on what they've taken, the symptoms can vary. Lowering your blood pressure, lowering your heart rate, um, lowering your respiratory drive. Uh, so that you stop breathing. Jankum can do all that, and the long-term effects are worse. They include brain damage, stroke-like symptoms, even destroying bone marrow to the point of developing leukemia. All that from getting high off human feces and urine. That's the very question that we have, and it, it, it is. Why, why you would ingest something into your system that's that nasty? You know, you'd have to ask those folks that are doing it. Do something stupid at age 18 and then pay for it the rest of your life. Now, some signs a person might be taking hallucinogens like Jankum if they're acting nervous, if they're jittery, experiencing tremors, or have dilated pupils. A lot of times you can also smell it on their breath since it's something they're breathing in. Boy, it's just amazing somebody would want to do this to themselves. What should parents, Kelly, be doing to keep the kids away from this stuff? Well, please say it's really all about parents having a positive relationship with their kids, knowing where they are, what they're doing. And it can sound extreme, but they say also don't let your kids go to bed when they come home at night until you've smelled their breath and until you've had a conversation with them. Again, sounds extreme, but it could end up saving a life. Yeah, look for things that are out of the norm. All right. Thank you, Kelly. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A plane carrying more than 100 passengers made an emergency landing in South Africa after one of its engines fell off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't expect the story to be that blunt. I thought maybe a warning light or some sort of engine trouble. I or cut right to the point to bring the news home. The engine fell off. Yes, it fell off. Imagine being on that plane and you, you suddenly everything seems a little lighter and you're listing 20 degrees to port. Yes, the red engine of the Boeing 737 separated from the wing. Separ is that what they're calling it? Uh -huh. Separated from the wing? Uh -huh. Is that like a water landing? Uh, one of the passengers says she had been uh, the seat uh, directly over the wing, and the passenger seating next to her was looking Jesus. out the window, and the engine fell off. <laughs> I heard this huge bang, and I said, that's one of our engines that just fell off. <laughs> hey, look at that thing over there. Jesus. Okay. So no problem. It and landed safely. No, one of those of things. Course. Of course. Happens all the time. Mm -hmm. In uh, other news... Oh, I have this here. Just a minute, please. Should oh, I, here we go. Should I kill time, Tim? No. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. In a bold move to curb the growth, uh, growth of greenhouse gas emissions from the Portland area, uh, city fathers and mothers plan to charge builders hundreds of dollars for each new home that is not energy efficient. And it will require, as part of every existing new home sale, that an energy efficient report be done by home inspectors. A lot of people are going to be filling their pockets out of this one. It's the first of its kind in the nation. This is a carbon fee and inspection requirement. It would levy taxes upon builders who merely comply with the energy efficient requirements of the Oregon Building Code, already one of the uh, stringent, most stringent in the nation. And it would pay cash rewards to developers who make buildings at least 45% more energy efficient. I don't even know what means. that means. There's a bunch of crap that no one can understand. It's like the, those DEQ tests. Yes. No matter what you do, you pass and drive out, you just pay a fee, and then you drive out. It's a little bit of, uh, you know you know what this is? This is not really about energy. This is the little thing we call graft. Yeah. So that's all this is. 
So that's that. All right, fantastic. Who can believe such things? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Holy crap. I don't even know where to start. I, you, you guys are, well, you're definitely givers, but uh, on a day like this, you're you're also overloaders. Uh, how do you mean, sir? Uh, I, I, you know, there is so much crap. I actually, I called this to uh, weigh in on the whole Metallica thing, and then, you know, Tim comes with his big uh, news, all these news grenades, and then the fermented feces, and uh, then I also have to ask, how are you enjoying the uh, plum couch? You know, it's just there's just way too much. Uh, Welcome you know. to what it feels like inside my head every holy, day, sir. Holy crap! No yeah. joke. Yeah. No joke. You know that Metallica thing? That I, I was a I was a uh, just a total metalhead, and uh, I was a Metallica freak going back to you know mid '80s, early '80s, and and you know now I I had maybe just a smidgen of uh, respect for them. Now I've. Uh, I think I'm running in the red. Oh no! I was telling, I was talking to Sarah about it during the break, and I said that you know what? I just, I've moved on. I just, and I don't mean I've moved on in the sense that like I just don't listen to him a lot anymore. Because like for example, Zeppelin, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan, but I don't sit around and listen to Led Zeppelin all that much anymore because I've kind of I've heard it all a billion times. With Metallica, it, it, they've done such a good job of soiling their own reputation that I no can't question. I can't even listen to the old stuff. And I was comparing it during the break to Bob Dylan, and Sarah is. You've talked about how Bob Dylan is sort of a weird mixed bag for you because... Oh, yeah. I you, remember seeing that Victoria's Secret commercial that, that um, walk in and I've yeah. seen that for the first time with all these, like, naked girls, like, basically walking all over him in Victoria's Secret lingerie. It broke my heart. Yeah, but you can still listen <laughs> to his to, old stuff. You have to just separate yourself from it. Yeah, and see, and that, and see that's the thing. You've got to separate the stuff from the stuff, as they say. Mm -hmm. But Metallica, though, is singular to me in that they have just defiled their own past so thoroughly that I can no longer even go back and listen to their old stuff. So, well, There's a lot of them that just become parodies of themselves. Uh, the, only one, the only band that comes out of that, uh, that genre from that generation that still brings it strong that I can, that I can listen to anymore is Corrosion of Conformity. Everything else has become literally a parody of itself. It's just crazy. And, and they keep insisting, and it just gets worse and worse. And, and well, you know, what somebody suggested, and this is really true, that rather than asking a 1987 James Hetfield what he thinks about this song, somebody really ought to track down today's Dave Mustaine and ask him what he thinks oh, of this song. Oh, man, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, how are you enjoying the, uh, the couch? Uh, thanks. Bye now. All right, mm -hmm. there you go. All right, let's do one more here, and then we'll get some more news, and we'll do the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Rick, Hi. Sarah, Tim. Hello. Hey, um, this is Judy over in the coup. I take care of God's special people. I thought in the spirit of the most famous, perhaps just a picture of, of you know, you and Sarah and Tim on the couch, and you could put it up for auction. And, you know, wintertime is coming. It might get you, like, a credit for your bike riding. I don't think anything. I think I'm beyond redemption of the bike riding. You can donate the proceeds of what you yeah. make from the couch. Oh, I think it would be totally great. This is like the Catholic Church selling an indulgence. Well, I can buy guys, my way yeah. out of purgatory. I try to do my best. So you're saying that the couch I isn't really worth anything often. now, but if my ass touches the couch, somehow it becomes worth it. Uh, you're only one-third of the importance. I see. So Sarah You need the other two-thirds of your importance and, right. and a nice picture to go along with the couch and an auction. Well, the newly and single... And credit uh, for your winter biking. The new sing newly single... Scott Daly may have something to say about that. So, but well, I do like your I do like your your get up and go though. I like your uh, I like your initiative. You know, and I'd like to also just you know part with an out that you know I'd like to trade with what I do in one week. Her 20 years, you know, Heather McCarthy, 20 years of, of charity. Yes. Doesn't do what I do in one week. Yes. Well, I'm. I'm so I'm, I'm glad she feels good about herself. So. All right. Thank yeah, you. And out. Oh, just, okay. Thank you. Bye now. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer. And I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. That's fantastic. Here's Tim Riley.
Well, the mother said that she knew something was terribly wrong when her 20-month-old son began to stumble and started vomiting. He just ingested a popular toy that contains a chemical that can be turned into a date rape drug. It's the latest Chinese-made toy scandal. Shelby Essis said her son Jacob fell and went limp after getting into his older sister's Aquadot set, which has been recalled. And uh, apparently, he ate it. Well, the Aquadots are the most popular holiday toy sold by Australia-based Moose Enterprises. These are beads that can be arranged into designs when sprayed with water. The toys are pulled from shelves in North America after scientists found they contain a chemical that converts into the so-called date rape drug when eating. Two children in the U.S. and three in Australia have been hospitalized after swallowing these beads. By the way, just in case you think that your your job is difficult, I came home last night and uh, my wife was on the phone with somebody. And this, it, like, I, I am always fascinated by little, like, snatches of conversation, just little, where you don't hear the context. I wrote this down and sent this to myself last night, so I remembered it. At 8.36 last night, I walked in and my wife was on the phone uh, with a co-worker of hers. My wife was a nurse, and this is what she was saying. She said, quote, it's all the poo. It's all the poo and vomit. So there you go. I don't even know. I didn't ask Ew. her what she was talking about. I didn't ask her to give I think me you the know background. What she's talking about. I really don't. Oh. Oh, maybe that. Or maybe some Jenkum spinoff. Uh, all right. Do we have time to do the top five here? Sure. Why not? Well, we got not? Rachel at 210, so she can wait. I like your spunk, Tim Riley. Here's your uh, top five. Uh, for, uh, she has no choice. For whatever. Here's your top five for Thursday. One, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting is the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, with today's top five, here is Tim Riley. Ghouls, the reanimated, the living dead, whatever you call them. Zombies are a walking, killing slice of American and world for culture. As we look forward to tomorrow's interview with World War Z author Max Brooks. Let's celebrate the decomposing dynamos with this countdown. These are the top five zombie songs of all time. With honorable mention going to the Cranberries with Zombies. Yeah. Now, this is only honorable mention because the rest of the song, everything after she starts to sing sucks. Do you remember, like, the first time you heard this song and you thought it was going to be really great because of this guitar part here? You're like, boy, how 90s does this sound now? With that hyper, that hyper dry snare sound and just that thick kind of washed out guitar. And you're like, what a rockin' song this is bound to be. I still think it's kind of a cool song. I can't get past her, like, jerking, twitching sort of, <laughs> like her dolphin singing that she does. You know, she kind of, she sounds like a squeaky voice teen from The Simpsons when she sings, sort of. I think it's cool she can do that thing with her voice, but hey, like the... The Sarah McLaughlin thing where she skips. Yeah. That. That. It's kind of the Peter Brady time to change thing. I mean, the song is great. It's well written. It's well produced. I wish someone else was singing it. Sarah knows every, you're mouthing every word of this. This is when I lived in Seattle, I remember. Sounds like a fake accent. Uh-huh. 
I think the interesting thing about the song became its undoing, though. That right there. It's sort of like that Four Non Blonde song. It stood out because of the way Linda Perry sang, and then immediately everybody began to hate it. It's like a car alarm. Counting down the top five zombie songs of all time. Number five, the Hooters all use zombies. You remember this song? Remember the Hooters, Tim? Yeah. I remember Hooters. This song is actually kind of crap now that I think about it. This really ought to be. I really should have switched this in the Cranberries. The Hooters also had that song, uh, Day by Day. And then they wrote the song. I think these guys, I think the Hooters wrote the song Time After Time for Cindy Lauper as well. I think these guys are from uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, this is a terrible song. I don't know what I was thinking about this. You made the cranberries on mention. This is bad. I was kind of half asleep. I'm sorry. I don't deserve to live. Now there's going to have to be a Monday where people come by and beat me savagely as well. All right. Counting down the top five zombie songs of all time. Tim Riley. Number four, The Murder Dolls, and she was a teenage zombie. This is a great song. There's not enough songs that make necrophiliac rhyme with something. Uh, the, this is from the album Beyond the Valley, The Murder Dolls, which is actually really great. you got to pick this up. Counting down the top five zombie songs of all time, Tim Riley. Number three, Ozzy Osbourne and the Zombie Song. This is from uh, the No More Tears album. on the top five zombie songs of all time. Here is Tim Riley. Number two, Tom Petty with the Zombie Zoo. This is a great song. And this is uh, this is written about a real club. I don't think it exists anymore. This is written about a real club in Los Angeles that was called the Zombie Zoo. This is from, I think, 86, 87. And it was about all these goth kids that were standing outside to get into this club. And he said that um, Tom Petty told this great story about driving down the strip or whatever this club was. 
and seeing all of these kids standing in line to get into this club called the Zombie Zoo. And it was kind of the first time he'd seen that slice of the culture where they all had the little lunch boxes with them and the white, you know, makeup and the weird, you know, they all look like Bella Lugosi. And so he went home and wrote this whole song about it. And I think that was 20 years ago. I think maybe before that was kind of in the mainstream. Great song. This, I think, is the final track on Full Moon Fever, which is his first solo record. Got that big ELO sound to it, like everything Jeff Lynne produced. Counting out the top five zombie songs of all time, and Tim Riley. At long last, number one, Wednesday 13, I Walked With a Zombie. I, can... I knew it. That's a great song. It is a great song. Uh, I saw these guys open for Alice Cooper in October of 2005. What a great show. And Alice Cooper was great, too, but these guys were amazing. Great video, too. You can find it at Wednesday13.com. And Sarah was actually telling me this story about, you remember the day that I pulled you into the car, and I'm like, you've got to hear this song. Oh, yeah, it was when we were doing that awful poker show. At the, 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 uh, at the bingo hall? Yes. Oh, it was so bad. You guys have you walk me to my car in the middle of the day because I was afraid that something was going to happen. God. It was attached to a church, too, wasn't it? Totally. Yeah, there was a church right next door and, like, a dollar store next to that. <laughs> Maybe that was the rectory. I was going to say, so you could go gamble and then you could repent and then you could go buy yourself, like, a Jesus candle. It was so tragic. And all the poker players were all, like, chain smokers. They're folding chairs in the parking lot and people just chain smoking, drinking little paper cups of coffee. And those big round shoulder bags that had the, the bingo daubers all around them. And they all had, like, a good luck stuffed animal they carried with them. Uh. Jesus. The crazy ladies had like 50 daubers, and they had all their stuffed animals set up like their little friends around them. And like a hundred bingo cards that are all playing at once. You'd really need like some sort of weird fly eye to be able to do that correctly, but they were able to do it somehow. They should do some reality show or some kind of investigative reporting on the life of a bingo nut. Or the life of a crazy cat lady. I'd watch that, a reality show about the crazy cat lady. I wonder what the ladies with all the hundreds of daubers and stuffed animals do when they go home. I don't know. Like what do alcoholics do when they're not at bars? I just picture those women at home with like a bad TV tray and like that old television that looks like a piece of furniture. Uh, back after this with Rachel McGrath, more of Tim Riley and your help creating some kiss liners. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. have this observation to make before we go to uh, uh, Rachel McGrath, rather. There ought to be a porn star named Lacey Curtains. That is just gross. <laughs> Why would you even say that? And you have a CNN correspondent on hold and you say Lacey Curtains? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean for it to be offensive, really. What's funny is that you immediately inferred something disgusting there. 
No, I was walking down. What to the, were you intending? I was walking down to the basement last night, to, you know, to take another look at how the sofa won't fit down the stairs. And my and wife you saw some lacy curtains. My wife has redecorated the basement, and she has hung actual sort of lacy curtains over one of our windows because I don't want you know we got skeezy neighbors. I want them looking into our basement. And homeless people that poop in your driveway. Yeah, and I said yes, thank you for reminding me of that. And uh, and and she said check out these curtains I put up, and I said oh those are you know blah blah blah. There's not and I, and I it just came to me I'm like there ought to be a porn trying to be lacy curtains. Why must you turn everything into filth, Sarah Dillon? Why would you want to call a porn star Lacey Curtains? Because it's a funny name. It's funny, huh? Why is it funny? Why is it funny, haha? Yes, like a clown. You're a jerk. Let's talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent Rachel McGrath. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Hi, how are you today? I'm good. Hey, I would like to start off this segment with you uh, by playing. Let's see, hold on. Uh, let, me, let me have this here. I would like to start off uh, today's Rachel McGrath segment by playing the following out-of-context soundbite from Heather Mills. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. There you go. For no readily apparent reason, I played that. Thank you. Let me ask you about The Office. Now, is it that The Office is, what is it, this is the, the one this week or next week? They're coming up on their last new episode. Yeah, next week. Next week's the, the last new episode. Um, basically, uh, Steve Carell, of course, the star of The Office, has refused to cross the picket line, so they've closed down production. Now, is this, now, is part of this that he is a writer in addition to, because I guess several of the actors also write, or some of the writers also act, or whatever? Um, no, it, it's not so much that. It's just that he he wants to show support for um, the writers, and so he just will not cross the picket line. Um, and so he's, he's standing firm. I mean, some of the other actors who have crossed picket lines and have been working on shows have come out in their lunch breaks, um, you know, to, to walk on the picket lines and demonstrate with the writers. Um, but, but uh, you know, it, it just seems that it depends on, on the, your own personal sort of a, a views of, of crossing picket lines. Not Steve Carell is just one of those guys who will not cross the picket line. What is the general consensus, if there is one, on how long this is going to last? A long time. Um, the, the two sides are, are far apart, and uh, what's happened this week with the writers going on strike, the studios are hitting back. They've sent suspension notices to what they call showrunners. These are the producer writers who have their own companies who uh, create a lot of the, the, the hit shows. Um, and there's a lot of those companies in town. Sometimes they, they've got a show on the air. Sometimes they haven't. The studios are now sending out suspension notice to a lot of those companies, particularly the ones that, that haven't really got a show on the air right now but maybe working on future ones or have had hits in the past. And, and so a lot of people this weekend are going to find themselves laid off. And, uh, you know, both sides are playing hardball right now. There's no talks um, in, in sight. There's no date fixed for negotiations to resume. And both sides are feeling increasingly bitter about um, what's going on. Well, I'm generally a fan of increasing bitterness, though. So in a, you are? Okay. Yeah, I am just, just <laughs> in a generalized sort of way. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel, always a pleasure uh, to have uh, to have speaks with you. We will talk with you again in the future, I'm sure. All right, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, CNN Radio Correspondent. Rachel McGrath. Oh, your lacy curtains thing went swimmingly. What? Your lacy curtains thing went swimmingly. Oh, well, whatever. She doesn't get my American wit. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't understand my American humor. Humor. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Um, well, I'm super high on Jenkins right now. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're calling in right now. You're, you're out of your mind on feces. It's actually butt hash. Is what we call it on the street. Yeah, the kids, they call it that. The butt hash. Um, this whole thing is incredibly fake. Is um, Wait, hold on. I don't believe what I'm hearing now. You're telling me that the Jenkum scare is, you're saying it's not real. I, I know, it's not real. Maybe it's because I'm high on Jenkums right now that I think it's fake. But it's, um, 
apparently is this guy um, who calls himself Pickwick, who started this online. And um, if you can see the pictures on the Collier County um, uh, press release, uh, it has it, ha it shows pictures of what's supposed to be Jankum. But it, what it is is poop um, is is actually flour and water um, and dough rolled in um, Nutella. Now, how would they know that? How would they know that? They look, they they got all their information off the internet, which, as we know, is um, especially with that video that's on your site. Oh, no, I, I'm not saying that the, that the Jenkins thing isn't fake. Clearly, it is. Even though any number of news stations, including our own Coin Six, have been suckered in by it. I'm saying I'm looking at the same picture here, and it's the jar. And to see the kid sitting there like he's drinking it yoo-hoo with a straw. But, I mean, when you say that it's like flour and water and Nutella, like, how would how would anybody know that? Um, I don't know, but you figured that they would um, do some, some research on... That sounds like an oddly specific combination of things for them to say, that's what's in this jar. Well, that's what the, that's what this guy says because he doesn't want to be associated as the guy who as the guy who um... is this the guy who claims to have created the whole urban legend? Correct. Okay, he so he says I created the urban legend about Jenkum and it's just Nutella and flour and water in in the pictures. Yeah, fantastic. It's that's... it's really gross. But uh, the, what I don't understand is why uh, the police would think that kids would be doing this. They don't have to shit and piss. Sorry. Well, well, okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, dude. <laughs> dude. Sorry. I know we're laid back, but wow. <laughs> that doesn't seem kind of natural. I'm just sitting here listening to him. Like, I'm just okay. sort of a hello, dump. <laughs> the poop, the, the, the jinkum's gotten to my head, but really, why would they, why would these kids um, you do this nasty thing when they just go upstairs to their mom's medicine cabinet and find great stuff? That's uh, that's the assessment of this. <laughs> yes, why not? Why go to all that work? The key to the liquor cabinet's hidden in your mom's jewelry box. I like how... That's where my that's, mom hid. That's another oddly specific reference. <laughs> that's where my mom hid the um their key. Jesus. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye now. <laughs> well, I, it's a pity I had to dump that. He really did make. It did flow. A great point. This email is uh, says Rick, dude, if your kid comes home and has the smell of feces on his breath. <laughs> You've missed an important lesson. Just give the kids up for adoption and walk away. Just walk away. Uh, signed, Mike, the black guy who does not hate Whitey in Portland. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your understanding. Seriously, how disappointing would you be? Like, you you um, have that thing inside of you for nine months. You raise it. You call it your own. And then it eats poop. <laughs> That is so wrong. As, as an how adult, you, as an adolescent. Yeah. How could you love something that has feces on its You know, plate? I could love the eight-limbed baby. I could not love a child who thought they wanted to eat their own You know food. what I ought to do with this feces? Is I, but not just that, Sarah. They age it in the sun for a while like a fine cheese. Like a, they age it like a fine Cabernet. Let me see. This is uh no, no, no. I, I really ought to let this. What do you have there? Well, uh, it's some feces. Oh, really? Is that an 86? No, no, no. This is a 91. This was a really good year for my feces. Where's it been? Well, it's been moldering away in a box on the back porch. Who wants some? Get all the kids over. Okay. Ew. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on the on the Heather Mills soundbite that you play. Wait, hold on a second. Let me. Uh, do you mean this Heather Mills soundbite? I had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but screw for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. It sounds to me like a whimpering dog. No, it, and it, she doesn't. It sound to you like somebody faking a, an English accent? Yes. It, yeah. it, it doesn't even sound real. <laughs> it, it sounds like someone. 
it does sound like one of the Monty Python guys wearing a dress <laughs> and saying, I want to be called Loretta. I want to have babies. And just faking a, a bad English female right, accent. Play it again, play it again, play it again. Hold on a second. Dude. Yes, yeah. Let I mean, me s- totally. Let's do it back to back. I'm thinking Monty Python. And let's do my fake English accent uh, and then back to back. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity work for 20 years. I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done nothing but charity for 20 years. I mean, come on. You make the call. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. You've expressed a fondness for Phantom Planet before, haven't you? Uh, that's the band that ha- at one point had Jason Schwartzman in it. Right, right. Um, I was just going to let you know, uh, there's a song they did uh, called The Living Dead uh, uh-huh. a couple of years ago on, um, surprisingly enough, a video game soundtrack. Okay. Might be good enough to bump off that number five at the very least. That on... Hooters song that I ill-advisedly put. I don't know what I was thinking this morning when I did that. All right. Oh, and about your uh, sofa that you can't get down the stairs. Yes. Have you considered Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency? Well done. Excellent reference, sir. Thank you. Well done. All right. The long, dark tea time of the soul, sir. All right. That's a great reference. Uh, all right. What time is it? 20 after. All right. Let's see. Let me uh, hold on. Let me, uh, let me consult my matrix. Everybody just uh, hold on to your panties. We'll have to wait for some of this other stuff until Tim is back in here. Uh, okay, here's what we ought to do. Here's what we're going to do right now. Okay. Okay. Now is the time for you to be calling this number, 503-733-2970. Uh, Gene Simmons Gene time? Gene Simmons and Paul. It's Gene Simmons time and Paul Stanley time. Uh, so here's the thing. So a while back, you remember we gave away a Kissology Volume 2 a few weeks ago, uh, which is really cool, by the way. And if you are a Kiss fan, I know James, who works in the afternoon, he's big at my friend Chris Morris. He's all over that. Andrew uh, from uh, you know the Bigger Than Jesus band and ever since Starship, he's all over it. I'm all, it, 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 As much as it is tempting to sort of you know poke fun at Kiss for the number of things that they put their name on, I got to tell you, if you are a Kiss fan, and I'm not making any money on this, I, I have no vested interest in how many of these they sell. But if you are a KISS fan, the KISSology DVD sets are fantastic. They are unbelievably good. Um, and sometimes bands will market stuff that is just, you know, the, 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 you're on it too. The KISSology things are great. Um, so KISSology Volume 3, 92 to 2000, is in uh, stores December 18th. And here's the thing. Last time we did this, we gave away Kissology Volume 2, and they did this amazing thing where they said, hey, write down whatever you want Gene and Paul to say for your radio station, uh, and, and they'll say it. And I was like, well, come on. They'll never do that. There's no way. And yet, uh, behold, uh, what they sent us. So this is an example of what they sent us for the last thing. Hey, this is Gene Simmons. And this is Paul Stanley, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show, and there's no doubt you're a card-carrying member of the Mighty Kiss Army, and we're here to repay that loyalty. We're giving away advanced copies of Kissology Volume 2 on DVD. And one might just have your name on it. Go to 970.am to find out more. Thanks for supporting KISS, and thanks for listening to The Rick Emerson Show. He said it right here on AM 970, Solid State Radio. How cool is that? That'll be... I'm just going to have that put on my tombstone. When I die... 
a, it's just going to be like a motion-activated thing, and you're going to walk by my gravesite, and when you walk by my headstone, you're just going to hear, Hey, this is Gene Simmons. And this is Paul Stanley from KISS. You are broadcasting from deep within the KISS nation. You're listening to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, it's just unbelievably badass. Hey, we should try and hit him up for some of those tooth tunes, toothbrushes. That's a great idea. I really, really, really want one of those. Do you really? I really do. Brushing never rocked that hard, Sarah. Wait, hold on. It We're... sounds really cool. Now it I is... know that I'm doing it for two minutes. It goes, and you know, the thing is, it goes right into your, it goes right into your jawbone. And it tunes, the only toothbrush that puts two minutes of music in your mouth. And featuring rock and roll all night from the new DVD collection by Kicks. Tooth tunes. Brushing never rocked this hard. Tooth tunes. Each sold separately. Sound will very well brush. Fantastic. Yeah. The best part. never rock this hard. Excellent. Oh, that'd be so, so cool. So here's the thing. So now, uh, let me ask you this, Sarah. If you could have one, uh, one rock star, musician, whatever, uh, do like a liner for you, who would it be? Just out of curiosity. We're not doing a high concept topic. Don't call about what rock star you want to say your name. Uh, I'm just have you out of curiosity. If I could have one... If you could have one rock star cut a line that says, hey, this is blank, and you're listening to Sarah Dillon, you know, right here. Or this is, you know, whatever. This is Sarah Dillon on, you know, AMI. I was going to say Trevor Keith, but I already had him. Um, I don't know. I'd say my my staples, either Bob Dylan or Ani DeFranco. Oh, Ani DeFranco. See, Ani DeFranco, you might be able to pull that. She seems like a hardworking gal. She might do something like that. Yeah, she just had a, she just had a baby. Yeah. Why am I weird? Man, I find her really hot in a weird way. I don't well, know I mean, why. she's a powerful woman who, like, she didn't fit into the music industry, so she decided to create her own label and do it herself. And she just seems kind of crazy. She is. I mean, I dig her music in, in you know, in, in small doses. She, she gets to be a little bit much for me. She's like, on a great live show. You know, I've never seen her live, but Lara has that Living in Clip, which is like a live collection that she plays. I own Living in Clip. And it's good. She just, she's just crazy and hot and just sexy. And, and she writes great songs. I don't mean to be like, she's, I'm just talking about it like a piece of meat. Uh, she's, you know, great businesswoman. She's a, an amazing lyricist. Yeah. And she has her own record label. And yeah, I dig it. We don't. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, so here's so we need to figure out, and I got to get this done today. What we want Kiss to say for this next batch. So they're going to do a whole other batch of these. Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley from Kiss from Kiss are going to do a whole another batch of these for us uh, for Kissology Volume Three. Like here's another thing they did. Hey, this is Gene Simmons, and this is Paul Stanley. Here's how you win. Are these ever going to end? No. How about this one? Hey, this is Gene Simmons, and this is Paul Stanley. Call to win now. Don't call to win now. You're not going to win anything. anything. Uh, how about this one? This is my favorite. Oh, God. Hey, this is Gene Simmons, and this is Paul Stanley from KISS. Since you live in Portland, you might just have a snobby, elitist, hipster, dimwit living next door. Well, take my advice. Get a copy of Kissology Volume 2, turn your system up loud, and play it day and night until his head explodes. Remember, Come on, how great is that? And you will outlast that guy every time. For more information, go to 970.am. And thanks for listening to AM 970 Solid State Radio. Wow, it's amazing that the longest one's your favorite. (laughs) I never met anything I couldn't overwrite. (laughs) So... All right, so maybe we'll get some ideas, or maybe we don't. Uh, you can also email this, by the way, uh, to rick at rickemerson.com. Can we get him to say, the Rick Emerson show has never rocked this hard? Yes. See, that's what I'm seeing. That... Were you intending right now just to give an example for the audience to follow? Was that yeah. your goal? Well done. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. All right, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me get a fresh sheet of paper. Hold on. Is it really warm in here? No. No, you're just uh, going through menopause. Okay. I don't know. No, I don't know. What you, right. I don't think so. A little bit, maybe. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so it's 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email your suggestions to rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at 
rickemerson.com. So I need to figure out, and you know, this might not, I don't know, we might not even get anything out of this, because a lot of it is just sort of like calling out a win, and here's how you win, and whatever. But I'm trying to think of, I already got the, you know, broadcasting from within the KISS Nation, I already got the uh, Annoy Your Elitist Neighbor, I already got the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, your card game member, the KISS Army. I do like that. The Rick Emerson Show has never rocked this hard. Okay. So we need more suggestions for things, because i got to send this out today um, to, to Gene and Paul's people, and then I guess they'll go into a studio maybe sometime in the next couple of days and record it. Ooh. The Rick Emerson Show has never <gasps> rocked this hard. Oh. How long do they have to be? I just had the most brilliant idea I've ever well, had in that my one, life. Well, that one I just played is 30 seconds. Can now, we... Keep Can in mind, we? at some point, we got to fit in a whole, like, keep listening to win our stuff thing. So, has never rocked at this hour. What, what's your idea? Can we have them do Bill Pullman's speech from Independence Day? In less than an hour. Okay. Not the whole speech, but we could probably fit in part of it. We can make it. We can rewrite it guys. some kind of kooky, um, like, radio bit. Like, Un- have it talking about the station and the show. It has never rocked this hard. Well, the longest one they did was 30 seconds. I don't want to push our luck too much, so maybe. What, how can we have them? How can we have them say part of the Independence Day speech? In less than an hour, you'll have a chance to win Kissology Volume 3. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mankind. I am all over that. That takes on different meaning today. In less than an hour. In less than an hour. We could totally do something with that. In less than an hour. In less than an hour. <laughs> aircraft from here will join you'll us have... from around the world. Um, I can Emerson totally listeners, you way. totally could. In less than an hour, Rick Emerson listeners will have a chance to win Kissology Volume 3. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. See, you can't really get Paul Stanley talking about the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. It doesn't we can really be launching flow. the biggest contest in the history of AM 970. Well, get to writing. You okay. Figure out I what do you have an advertising say. degree. <laughs> that is true. Put it to work for one. Okay. All right. Excellent. You can, uh, all right. There you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. This is Gene Simmons, and this is Paul Stanley saying you'd have to be high on butt hash to not listen to the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970 Solid State Radio. I appreciate your I appreciate your spunk. I'm not having Paul Stanley say butt hash. That's part of the fun. Can we give it its proper name? Can we just say that you'd have to be high Jenkum? on Jenkum? You're listening to the Leroy Jenkum Show. I'm not having him say Leroy Jenkum. This is Paul Stanley is not your puppet, sir. All right, thank you. But I thought he was our puppet. No, I I don't want to be an ass about it. The Rick Emerson Show, everybody see, how does he another one? Rick, the Rick Emerson Show, like a warm jar of Jenkum on a rainy Oregon day. <laughs> All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a great suggestion. You just need him to, them to go, Emerson. So you can have a collection of rock stars saying your name like that. Emerson. That's good. Yeah. Richie, has, Richie has suggested, this is, uh, this is a great thing. This is both a KISS reference and a Max 910 reference, having the, because there's that KISS record entitled Lick It Up from 1986. So they have suggested, this station sucks. Lick it up. <laughs> well Good done. Call. All right. Thank you. No All right. Uh, hi, Rick. I don't know that we're getting anything useful here. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, I got a couple things. One for suggestion. I, I, I don't know if I should even say it. It's not even funny. But now, anyways. Uh, now, is it crude or simply not funny? It's just simply not funny. Okay, well, let's hear it. Uh, something about, uh, it relates to another job I had, but some, uh, I'm not stupid. I, uh, unlike you, say real porters don't use umbrellas. I'd use an umbrella and listen to Rick Emerson's show. Something like that, but I don't know. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wait, wait. Yes. Did you get the uh, Rock 
Rocky Erickson, I Walk with a Zombie song in your top five? Rocky Erickson? Yes. What are we talking about? He's a 60s weirdo, kind of like the guy from Pink Floyd, who basically like the Misfits ripped off. And no, 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 no. Although we did have zombies. No, we had a we had a song with a similar title, a Wednesday 13 song. But no, and I know, and I didn't have any Misfits on the list either. So everybody can. Oh, that's good. No. That's good. But I was on a delivery. All right. Best show ever. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you can even just eject. Just pulling the ripcord. Let's do one more here, and then we'll break. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show. We've got nothing here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. What's hey. going on? What's up, sir? Well, uh, this is the best show ever, so what about this is the best band ever on the best show ever? Are you Hold on. Best show ever, best band ever? Yeah. I don't know. Is it too much to have Paul Stanley saying, best show ever? Yeah, he's pretty modest. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. From the greatest show on earth to the greatest show in Portland. From the exactly. greatest showman on earth to the greatest show. In there Portland. you go, something like that. Okay, because they do—they always refer to themselves as being the greatest show on earth. There's some Barnum and Bailey something. Okay, oh, we can do something with that. All right, excellent. Very cool. Thank you. All right. Our Aaron Geek in the city sent me one. Mm. Uh, the Kiss Army rocks for all mankind. Mankind—that word takes on new meaning after listening to AM970. <laughs> okay, I gotta write that down. I do, and I also—I really do like the in less than an hour. You'll have a chance to win a copy of Cosology Volume 3. That is wonderful. We have to take different phrases from it and put one of them in each thing. Uh, get, get Paul Stanley over the course of, like, all of the liners to say the entire Independence Day speech. Really? I think I might actually die of joy if that were to happen. If we could have Paul Stanley doing the Independence Day speech. See how you guys have turned me around? You've turned me around on the Independence Day thing. It's gold. It's gold, Jerry. All right. If I told you Aaron Sorkin wrote it, you would be all over it all the time. Oh no, that's true. It's there's no no getting around that fact. Um, all right, should we break here? All right, we'll take a break. Come back after this uh, and uh, whatnot. Okay. It's uh, two thirty-two. Uh, we're about half an hour away from Lycus. Uh, Lycus one hundred and one at five o'clock today. Donna, Mike, and uh, seven o'clock. Tim Riley around the corner with more. Plus, uh, oh, we'll, uh, we're going to find Carl Click and ask him if Case was working on a Jenkins story. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson show. Don't go anywhere. Here's the Groovy Ghoulies. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should add new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We are going to live on. We are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Who can say it better than that? It's the Rick Emerson radio program. 503-733-2970. Like us in about 20 minutes. Like us 101 at 5 o'clock. Down to Mike at 7. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be joined in the studio by the newly single Scott Daly, who will be playing the five most frequently played songs on his iPod since 
being sued for divorce. How fun for us. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, for Anaheim comes word. First, a man was throwing branches into a wood chipper. Then suddenly he was... Wood chipper? I'm sorry. I'm... I barely knew her. Sorry. Then suddenly he was gone. Oh. oh, no. I didn't see that coming. Authorities in Orange County are working to recover the remains of a 24-year-old Anaheim man killed in a wood chipper accident in Tustin. The tree service worker was standing at the back end of the chipper throwing branches as his co-workers. And he was throwing branches and then he was throwing limbs. Mm -hmm. Well, they turned around and then when they looked over again, he was gone. Now, they've taken this wood chipper and the trek attached to a parking structure at the coroner's office. They plan to dismantle it. The man's name is being withheld. They're trying to gather up as much of the, the remains as they possibly can. Oh, that, by which they mean giving it a good scraping. Mm-hmm. And by the way, in case you're wondering, 31 people have been killed in whichever accidents between 1992 and 2002. And I like to think that I have covered every one of those stories. So where have the records been for the past five years? I don't know. That's a good question. From 1992 to 2002, who's hiding what? <laughs> Maybe the man is covering up those statistics. The people must know. Do I not even get a laugh for first he was throwing branches into the machine, then he was throwing limbs in? Limbs! Branches then limbs. No. <laughs> I guess it just isn't going to happen. <laughs> no sources point to no laughter for that. All right. Hey, do we have Carl Click's phone number? Tim, do you? No, I don't know the fellow. I don't think you ever gave it to us. <sighs> Carl Click, if you're out there, call us now. And I don't socialize with other news people. No, of course, because why would you? Uh, Carl Click, if you're listening, please call the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. I'm not, well, I'm not sure when he listens. I'll get emails from him sometime about something. Mm. And then it'll be sound like, I barely knew her, Carl Click, you know, which is just weird. Uh, if, so if I he's think listening, he said he leaves after he does his noontime news. Yeah, but that presumably that means that he has uh, from one until three to listen to this radio program. He goes home and takes a nap. Yeah, does he? Do you think? Well, doesn't he start at five o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I don't. I really, believe so. I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, but I mean, I, I suppose. But I mean, when does he have to? He wouldn't be napping though. Why wouldn't he? Because if he naps now, we're discussing Carl Click's sleeping <laughs> habits as though we know. Because I say, with Thomas has two cookies. With, and he with, <laughs> I only know what I've learned from peeping in his window. Because I say, without a shred of evidence, if Carl clicks naps, if Carl Click naps in the afternoon, then he won't be able to get to sleep at night. It is best, Tim Riley, to avoid uh, late afternoon naps if you wish to go to bed early. All right. Well, I'll make a note of that. I'm basically just killing time for the delay to pass and for Carl Click to hear this. It doesn't look like he's going to call. I just want to know if, if K2 is also working on a Jenkins story or if it's only going to be coin. So I am betting, I'm laying down my bet right now. So I'm just going to be coin to the punch. I believe, <laughs> I believe that the, the, the coin is going to be doing the Jenkins story tonight, but that they will throw in a, a, a hefty dose of, we think this may just be an urban legend. Uh, sort of, you know, and then they'll they'll put like verbal quotes around the uh, audio quotes around urban legend. So I'm guessing they will not uh, they pull the Jenkum story, but I do believe that they will. I, I think that by now they must have received. I mean, they must have heard of the internet, right? They must have heard from any number of people who have said, you know, it's all uh, crap. It's not really real. So we'll see. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, here's good news. Mount Hood's glaciers are shrinking. They've been melting at an alarming rate, which is good news. <laughs> Because it'll be easier to find all these hikers that die quicker. 
He won't be slipping and sliding. Like a little slip and slide. Yeah. I admire your ability to turn a have not into a have just there. Mm-hmm. Way to way to turn those lemons into lemonade, Tim. That's it for now. All right, hold on a second. Well, just give me one. Give me one second. I just one second for a while. Well, I'm just saying. I'm. I'm trying to find. I. I. I really have to hear this. Um, the tease again. But here's the thing. I'm looking at the coin website, mm-hmm. and I think that teasing story about Jenkins may be gone. Okay. See, I'm clicking on it, and it's not going anywhere anymore. Uh oh. I am clicking on the banner ad. We that... need to call Coin right now and see if they're still doing their expose on Jenkum. All right. Uh, because right we, we we know of several victims. We wish to report a Jenkum poisoning. Yeah. Oh, please act like a concerned father and well, say that I, you think your kid is um, doing Jenkum because breath smells like feces. I, I, can't, I can't call on the air. It is in the public interest. Well, you'll have to do it, actually. Cause I'm I can't, not going to call them. Remember last time I, I called? I can't do it over here, though. I can't call them on the I'll air. I'll give you my phone. It's not legal. You can call Nobody's going to. Okay, well, you got to give me the phone number, then. All right, well, I'm trying to find it. Well, you work there. Don't you have the number? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello? All right. All right. Uh, is it dialing now? It's ringing. All right. Who is this calling? Um, the news desk. Okay. We'll just call the news desk. All right. Ask for the news desk. Okay. Okay. So, okay, I'm calling right. the coin news desk. Oh, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Hi. I'm just uh, wondering, are you guys um going to be covering that that new that drug problem, the new drug thing uh, tonight on the 11 o'clock news? It was on the website. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much. Who should I be calling at? Should I be the news desk. Uh, my own voice? Um, no, I thought you were going to be a concerned father and your child's breath smells like feces. Okay. Shh. <laughs> okay, it's ringing. I'm ringing the... Uh, hi there. I was I was looking at your website today. Are you guys going to be talking about, I guess there's a there's a new uh, a drug or some, some new drug that apparently is in Portland schools? Are you guys talking about that tonight? It's on the website, but I didn't know if it was going to be covered tonight. It's a Jen Kem, Jen Jen Kem. Okay, is that is that going to be tonight at eleven? All right, and uh, so is there? I mean, is this a lethal drug? Do you, is there anything I need to know about it? We've got a fun. Well, I'm just I'm just curious. Should I be? I, mean, I just didn't I didn't know what I should be looking for with my child. Should I be checking this tonight at eleven? Hmm. Do what? Do what? Do I think that my child would take human feces in your well uh I, I don't really know the answer to that. Should I should I smell his breath? Hmm. That is one of the so my child so his breath will smell like feces? Hmm. Yeah. Just in Portland. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who's the Who's the reporter covering that? Joel. Joel. I'm sorry. Joel Ibanaki. Okay. All right. He's really excellent. And that's eleven o'clock tonight. And the the drug is called Jim Jim Cotta. Gen Kim. All right. Excellent. And feces on breath. All right. Noted. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay. 
There you go. <laughs> he did, in fact, instruct me to be smelling my child's breath for feces. <laughs> and what is the reporter? I, I never did get the reporter's name. Jolie Winaga. Jolie Winaga. Oh, it's jo- a woman? No, Joel Iwanaga. Joel Iwanaga. Okay, all right. He's actually a really rad guy. I really like him. Yeah. Well, this is his. This is this, <laughs> this is, is his reward. To shine. This is your reward to shine, Joel. You go sniff that breath. All right, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the air all the way through. Like us, that guy was so earnest and sincere. He Makes also did let me know. Sometimes. He let me know that it did originate in Africa, and it is sweeping the country. I said, "Do I need to worry about this?" And he said, "Well, let me." Add, his response was, "Well, that depends, sir. Do you believe your child is the type to mix up feces and urine in a bottle and then inhale it? How do you respond to that?" What, what kind of parent would go, why, yes, my son is exactly that type. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson show. He was so sincere about the whole thing. Oh. Well, sir, that all depends. Is your son the type to mix feces and urine together and then <laughs> inhale it? What a question to ask a parent. That is the most random question. Like, who knows if their child's the kind? <laughs> How do you test for that? <laughs> really? I guess that goes beyond paste eating. Uh, how long do we have here? A minute. All right. No, 30 seconds. Uh, well, let's see what this seconds. is. Hi, final call of the day. Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, my son goes to high school in Gresham, uh-huh. and I thought he just had gingivitis. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. All right. I thought it was just some sort of a tar. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Bye now. Yeah, there's really no, there's really no, um, there's no special toothpaste to get rid of that. Your tartar control crest isn't really going to take care of that. Good God. All right. Um... So uh, so be sure to be wa- I never thought I would say this. Be sure to be watching Coin News 6 tonight, Coin 6 News at 11 tonight, uh, to see if they cover the, uh, the gem- Gen Chem uh, menace that's creeping across our nation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio Correspondents Bob Costantini, James Roop, who wishes he was dead, and Rachel McGrath. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. Uh, on the phones is Richie Bristol, of course, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, and marketing guru of the Rick Emerson program, and all of CBS Radio Portland, Susan Reynolds. Uh... Yeah, so there you go. Like us next. Like us 101 at 5, Donna Mike at 7. We will see you all tomorrow at 11, my friends. Until then, watch out for Jen Kim and don't let the bastards grind you down. And thanks for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye. And it can sound extreme, but they say also don't let your kids go to bed when they come home at night until you've smelled their breath.